For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. As you probably have guessed, all of the front pages and indeed all of the online news services are talking about the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II at the age of 96. And here on Lee's side, there's particular curve coverage in the Echo this morning because they remember the 20th day of May 2011 when Elizabeth arrived in Cork uh, to the streets of Cork, which were packed with people. It's a front page photograph and then many, many columnations and pictures on the inside of the Echo today with the uh, <laughs> the one that always makes me laugh is the photograph of the Queen in the English market with Pat O'Connell and whatever joke that he cracked about the mother-in-law fish. One thing you can say about Elizabeth uh, is that she had uh, a sense of humour. Uh, the front of the examiner this morning carries numerous photographs of the Queen right throughout her life. In fact, some might even say that the coverage in the papers this morning might be just that little bit OTT on this side of the water. But who am I to say? We've lost a friend of Ireland as the front page of the mirror today. Michael D. Higgins leading the tributes. The longest reigning monarch is mourned. And of course, we now have King Charles III on the British throne. Uh, The star this morning, call it Love and Peace. Uh, with many, many, many photographs uh, talking about her days uh, on the throne and her relationship with Ireland. And the sun this morning says that it's the end of an era. Uh, Tributes to monarchs making all of the papers today. Uh, The Irish Daily Mail this morning has a photograph of head and shoulders of the Queen, all in green, incidentally. And they call her our friend, the Queen. Uh, The Independent this morning says a beacon of calm in a world of constant change. Right next to another headline that talks about double whammy hikes with regards to householders wondering how they're going to pay their bills at this winter time. And the Times UK obviously has death of the Queen. Um, one of the interesting ones that made one of the papers this morning, I can't find it now, is the shock and bewilderment of people at the death of the Queen, which I found kind of strange, really, in a sense, in the fact that she was 96 years old. So can't imagine why there would be much shock or bewilderment. But they also talk in the Times UK today that she loved her children uh, very much. Um, mind you, listen to the BBC this morning for a little while. They were talking about her love of horses. If you watch The Crown, actually, there are some parts of the episodes in The Crown as to whether you might even think she had more time for the horses than indeed uh, her own children. But there are other stories making the papers today because I'll come back to the Queen's visit in a, in a few minutes' time. Uh, but interestingly, Judge Colin Burke uh, before the Cork District Court yesterday had an interesting quote Uh, for the courtroom and it makes the echo today where he says Washington Street is like Beirut at times unfortunately and he says that is an insult to Beirut. Of course he's not talking about the businesses or the people that live and go about their business in Washington Street but the carry on there particularly at night. He was actually talking and dealing with a case uh, where one man verbally abused a sergeant and kicked out at another man causing him to fall uh, pretty close to passing oncoming cars. And that's when the judge said Washington Street is like Beirut at times, unfortunately. And that's an insult to Beirut. Um, actually, when I talk about somebody kicking Gardaí, there's an interesting story uh, that makes this morning's uh, newspapers with regards to uh, on Garda Shikona, where they talk about how happy or unhappy the guards are in their job. They got a new survey that was done with Angarda Shikona called Your Voice or Future. And it was an audit that they did of Angarda Shikona asking them about their job or indeed their job satisfaction. And bizarrely, I, I say this bizarrely because I've spoken to the GRA, the Garda Representative Association, down through the years, and they painted an entirely different picture 
to this um, report that comes out and says that Angarda Shikana members are proud of the organisation, which is fair enough, and that their job satisfaction is high, which sounds bizarre to me, really, um, because what I was hearing from within the force itself is that they're worn out, they're stressed, they're overwhelmed, overworked and undervalued. So it's interesting that your voice, our future, would say something entirely different. Meanwhile, with regards to energy and energy costs, I saw, um, I heard Leo Varadkar actually get a fairly soft ride on Morning Ireland this morning where he dodged what could have been a couple of potential, potential bombs for him, particularly when they, were, they asked him a question regarding um, the price freeze in the UK. Right, where people in the UK will pay only a certain amount of money uh, for the next two years and the rest of it will be picked up by uh, the government by way of loans. Uh, I thought he should have been pressed more on that, but um, I'll come back to that topic actually a little later on this morning because they're going to throw £100 billion, £100 billion at capping the amount of money that people will have to pay for their gas and electricity each year for the next two years in the UK. It will be £2,100. Right? It's as much as the furlough and the business supports during COVID cost the British Exchequer. And the Irish government is saying they're, they're keeping an eye. This is what he said. They're keeping an eye on what's happening in the UK with regards to uh, capping and freezing prices. But they have no intention, as, as far as I can see, in doing any more than just keeping an eye. So one of the interesting points on that then is, Many people now are deciding they're going to go back to work in the office. And I can understand that because if you're at home, you've got to heat it and light it. Um, and that's costing you extra money. You only get a tiny little sop of a, a rebate in your taxes. So on that basis, the mail says that the energy bills are sparking a faster return to the office with less people now working from home than, say, a year ago or, or six months ago. And they say that that's even going to pick up with more going back to the office because of the rise in energy costs. And that's the main reason why people are now saying they want to go back. But the many households now will suffer a double blow um, with regards to the different rates. I and mean, costs, really, per household will be at least 3000 because the double whammy, of course, isn't just electricity and gas but also higher mortgages uh, for next month. And the cost of everything, of course, um, just seems to be constantly going up. And as a country, we pay an awful lot more than many of our other European compadres. Like, for instance, if you're a beer drinker or an alcohol drinker, but primarily beer, we pay the second highest level overall. And it's not in the cost of the production or the shipment or the transportation or the stocking of the alcohol. It's actually all got to do with the excise that the government takes on it. And then... Today is an, inter- in, uh, an international day. It's Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder Day today, FASD. Uh, and apparently we have the third highest rate of globally alcohol-related birth defects uh, because of women drinking during pregnancy. An awful lot less are than, say, 30, 40, 50 years ago, but they're saying that still too many are. And today's the day that uh, they encourage pregnant women and women planning a pregnancy to have a completely 100% alcohol-free nine-month pregnancy. I suppose a lot easier now with uh, non-alcoholic drinks, you know, your Heineken Zeros and stuff like that. You can even get alcohol-free gin. I don't know about vodka. I mean, certainly you can get alcohol-free wine, but I imagine it probably still tastes as vile as it did the last time I tasted alcohol-free uh, wine. Enoch Burke's still in jail. Now he has been... Um, 
um, put into isolation apparently. This is the teacher jailed for contempt of court in a bitter transgender row. He continues to dominate the papers and he says he will stay in jail for as long as it takes. And sadly, of course, we had the um, many, many tributes over the past few days to Lisa Cash, uh, who lost her life at the age of 18 and her eight-year-old twins, um, Chelsea and Christy Cawley. Um, the removal, of course, was last night and her mam was there. their mam was there and she was being supported and literally held up by loved ones as the bodies were uh, removed to St. Aidan's Church in Tala. And that makes many of the red tops today. And the arrival of Garth Brooks, um, and I'll come back to this later on this morning. But for me, um, one of the big stories of the day is the fact that he's shed three stone in weight, over 50 pounds lost he looks absolutely incredible. And weight loss is an amazing thing because it takes years off you. He's 60 years old and he kind of, he was, he was well overweight. Like he probably, would, I mean, he said that himself in the past. But my God, he really must have hit the gym, changed the diet and got stuck in. So Because he needs to be fit for the tour, of course. He's got five gigs to start in Ireland and the first one tonight. So he shed three and a half stone to be fit to run around the stage and kicks off his long-awaited five-night run at Croke Park tonight. Photographs of him with the weight loss are just amazing. And all of the papers talk of it. So I won't dwell much on, on Garth Brooks now because I will be coming back to it a little later on this morning. Lines open. Text 0868 Off we go. Cork's number one talk show. The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM. Good thoughts are welcome. Text 0868 If you have thoughts on the death of the Queen, then I would love to hear from you. But interestingly, of course, if we look back uh, to um, when the Queen was on Lisa, there's a great backstory to this, actually, because it was back in uh, 2011 uh, that um, uh, the Queen came to Cork. And, of course, she got a massive turnout um, and I have to say, it's not talking about this Cork-Dublin divide or anything, but I know of people who were in Dublin at the very same time. And there wasn't as much of an outpouring of welcome in Dublin as there was in Cork. Cork's was extraordinary when the Queen came. It really and truly was. And it all started with the Lord Mayor at the time, Michael O'Connell, writing, literally asking her if she'd like to come. And I just wanted to spend a little time just revisiting that period of his mayorality. And he joins me by phone, Michael O'Connell. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Lovely chatting with you again. It's been a while. I hope you've been keeping well. Yeah, we're doing okay. Yeah, we're doing okay. Thanks okay. very much. What, what was the backstory to this, Michael? Um, uh, it's because Seamus was telling me, but when you were mayor, you actually sent out two letters of invitation, was it? Well, if you remember, at the time, all the talk was that President Obama was visiting Ireland. Yeah, and yeah. And I, I, I messed with that at the time, the president of UCC, Michael Murphy, and he was telling me that they were going to try and invite Obama to come to Cork to do the, the Frederick Douglass lecture up in UCC and could the Lord Mayor's office be of any assistance? Yeah. And of course. So we started working on that then and talking to people in the States and wherever. But in the meantime, then it was announced that the Queen was also going to come to Ireland. And I had been thinking about this and of course there's a lot of historical scenes between ourselves and, 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 and the United Kingdom. So I said, okay, if we're after inviting Obama, We'll invite the Queen to come to Cork as well, which we did. We sent off the, the letter to the embassy. And within, I'd say, a couple of weeks, the reply came back that um, she'd be delighted to accept her invitation. And tell me about the day that that reply came in, because um, uh, it would have come in to your admin staff, I guess. Talk about that. Well, it came in, and uh, well, it came I didn't know it had arrived in, but the, 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 the guy that would be in charge of the office, um, he, I remember, he was walking up in front of me, a bit nervous. And I said, okay. He says, um, he says she's coming. I said, who's coming? He 
He says, the Queen, say the Queen is coming. <laughs> and I saw that that was kind of my, 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 my reaction. Was what was like, your reaction then? Oh my God, what have I done? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what, 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 what are we going to do now? We said, yeah, but you know something, that's the, the uh, people criticise City Hall. But something that needs to happen, the people of City Hall are absolutely unbelievable. It happens. And they make it happen. Okay. And yeah. the organi- and because the organisation deal that had to go to business, you know, you know, from City Hall, the police and the embassies and all that sort of stuff. So what happened yeah. to happen what happened next then, of course? It, the- you had start planning it. The whole kind of machine had to kick in, I guess, yeah? Oh, yeah. I mean, Sir Julian King, he was the British ambassador to Ireland at the time. He spent, I suppose, he was in cock leading up to at least every 10 days, I'd say. Every 10 days. And when, when he'd come down, and in fairness to the guy, we'd, we'd go up to the back and walk around. And he'd always insist that you'd walk from the city hall. He'd love walking around cock, he says. He'd be there before. Then we'd walk from city hall over to the market and call, chat the people on the way as well. And, they go in and meet the people they saw or whatever and uh, yeah he was he, the guy, he was very very supportive of the whole thing you know Was there a huge security protocol that would have come in advance because I remember all the manhole covers had to be sealed down and there would have been a huge amount of people looking after yeah. her I suppose wouldn't there? Well you, you know so I give, give you one example you know, that, I know that it's a sad day for our family and the rest of it, but like back in the day I remember they came in to me and they said that I'd have to send my passport up to the embassy <laughs> for a security check <laughs> He said, what? I'm the Lord Mayor of the car. <laughs> and, you know, but like, I suppose it, 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 had to, it had to be done. I remember it should have been the Queen before. surrendering her passport to be allowed into City Hall. <laughs> well, I can't say what I actually said, though, because uh, anyway. But I remember actually speaking with the guards. They wanted the guards. Come to the guards. They were telling me they spent about two weeks in the capital of cinema. And their, and their knees going on the seats and all that kind of stuff. Oh right? my God! And yeah, but it was, but it, it was intense. But it was all in the background because anybody to the forefront of this and saw what was happening, you wouldn't even see security out there. You know, even even walking around the English market. But they was, were there. Was, they certainly were oh, there. Oh, oh, they were there. But it was very, very, very discreet. Very discreet. And you know, and like uh, that thing turned out after. I mean, the whole thing was so friendly and so open and stuff and everybody was enjoying it. More apparently the Queen was enjoying herself. And you, you, of course, obviously you had, you conversed with her, had conversations with her. Was she in the Lord Mayor's chamber and stuff like that? No, no, no. Was no. it, was yeah, it, was it in the city where you met her? I met her, I met her, well, I met her for the first time the night before. No, that I was invited up to the, the concert the O3. And they had a special reception area up in the tower of the fifth floor, I think. And there was guests brought up there, including myself. And uh, she was brought around and whoever was introducing her to me at the time. And I remember she saying, would I be seeing you tomorrow? <laughs> that's right, man. That's right, man. This is I remember the, all the people of Cock are delighted and waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, so. When she came down then, of course, one of the things everybody remembers was the Grand Parade and the barriers and the amount of people that turned out for her arrival. Talk about that, because I think she... I think she spoke to some family members of yours. Is that right? Oh, that's right. That's right. I tell you about that in a second. Though. But you know yourself, you're planning, when you're planning things, like, things like that, you can plan everything, but technically, but what you can plan and for Cork in particular is the weather. But the weather was absolutely fantastic. It was glorious. Day, and I think, and that contributed, I say, because the amount of people that turned out, they turned out in their thousands. And, 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 and the welcome that she got, like, I could hear her when I was in the Grand Parade, the, the reception she was getting coming up to South Man. 
And then when she turned with the call, when they turned into the, the, the Grand Parade, and you had all the, the Moron players and then that banging away, banging away, they just got absolutely elected as you driving up, you know? You but, must have uh, said to yourself, I'm so glad I wrote that letter. <laughs> well... You should, have, you should have asked me that. But it was all over. No, it was I wasn't thinking about any letters. Somebody told me that when the letter came yeah. in and they yeah. handed it to you and said, she's coming, you said, what are we going to do now? Yeah, but I was standing myself and the captain was standing outside the, 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 the market and this guy comes over, I don't know who he was, and he said, Lord Mary, he says, um, when you're finished, he says, you can bring the Tom Majesty across the road, he said, to say hello to the people of Cork. And next day, this guy is gone. Somebody said something to me there. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, so we started off. And we went in and out the market, and she was fantastic. And I had the market, and saying hello to all the different stores, and the rest. And she was very knowledgeable, indeed. Like, she knew, like, the guy that does the, the fruit and veg there at the start there. He had a fantastic display of herbs around his office. And she knew she was pointing out to uh, the different guy in the swan and the swan, whatever, you know. So she was engaging, and of course, the, the, the famous Pat O'Connell, as you know, right. I mean, that, was, that, was, that was brilliant, that was brilliant. Like, yeah, that uh, was the like, money uh, picture, yeah. wasn't it? That was the money shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, big yeah. time, yeah. But it, like, it's fair, Pat has been doing this for years, like, hasn't been welcoming people to the market for the last 50 years, I'd say. That's true. And always available, and it was absolutely brilliant. But um, yeah, yeah, we, 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 done, we done the walk, we came back out in, and she got the. The president of the flowers off this beautiful young girl and I said, Ma'am, so would you like to come across? Of course, she said. So we're half with the crust and you you half with the crust and be from the north side only as you know, you don't get too many opportunities. I said to her, um that's <laughs> my family are over so I'd, lo- I'd love if you came over and say hello to them. <laughs> I of course, right. Of course, she said, Yeah, yeah. So we headed off anyway and um, Aileen, my daughter and my son on Richard and Kate and the, the oldest granddaughter at the time and, and Ava, Ava, who was the youngest, she was nearly two and a half, three and I introduced them to her and, and next we introduced her to um, Ava. She's a bit pointed out that she was dead but um, Ava's point, and Ava said to her, Mrs. I said, say no to her majesty, the Queen. And Ava said, bold as brass. She said, Mrs. Queen, she said, I have a very sore lip today. <laughs> yeah. And, and in fairness, though, people rang us up there because the cameras, the cameras picked it up and it was all over the papers. <laughs> but imagine that now, the poor, the poor girl, is she getting wound up since? <laughs> Mrs. About, Queen. About, 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 <laughs> Mrs. Queen, yeah. So I said, I'd be telling her that they'd, they'd be saying at their 21st birthday party <laughs> now, your wedding, tell me one of the stories, you know, I, won't go, I don't think it's going to go anytime soon. That's stuck with her for life now, Michael. Ah, <laughs> uh, big time. But it's like, it was, it was an extraordinary day, like, at this here, so, like, you do know, all the planning, like, and, but at the end of the day, it came down to the people of Cork, the people of Cork that went in there, and the reception that they gave her was absolutely fantastic. Like, yeah, it was, it was and, you have to ask yourself, why there was such a huge I mean I know there were protests there I saw them I watched oh, yeah. the video footage of it those that weren't happy but, but by and large why? She's not our yeah, queen but, but, I, but I tell her something like the, the, the letters that flooded into the city hall after it and yeah. really, really some of them you know I mean to say what people were saying and they were about to visit and their connection with the palace go away but, uh, I, I actually picked one up the other day because I, I, I have a fire I remember one lady she's living down in Fountainstown and her, her, her father had worked at the palace for over 40 years, she said. Gosh. And would it be any possibility of getting him in? And we did. We actually we got, we got a ticket for them to come in. But there That's was two other people like that, you know? Yeah. And yeah. the connection between cock audience and, and people who have been over there, who, who, who have been had an association with the palace or whatever. 
But uh, yeah, it was great. And I, and I, I suppose we shouldn't forget, shouldn't forget the reader. And I suppose it's important, even though after all that happened, that Prince Charles, who was now King Charles, has been a regular visitor for Cork for many, many years. Yeah. And I'd say his, he had an input into the Queen, decided to come to Cork as well, you know. And he did come with Camilla, didn't he, if I remember correctly? Wasn't oh, there a visit from him? Yeah, he was here. Yeah. Oh, he he's been here four or five times. So yeah. there's a, a good opportunity you now that. It may be that it might have been, be the last royal visit that Charles might decide in a few years' time or whatever that he might like to come back there, you know. <laughs> That'll be to but some new Lord Mayor in the future. And if Deirdre Ford might bang off a letter yeah, to Prince yeah, Charles yeah. III. <laughs> well, hopefully, yes. So, but yet, as I said, it was, a, it was a great day. It was an absolutely fantastic day. Everybody enjoyed it. And as you said yourself, cock. As we always are, they were different to every place else. If you want the warmest of welcomes, by Cork was the place to go to. You're spot on. You're spot on. Well said. Thanks for revisiting those uh, wonderful, okay. wonderful okay. days under your uh, stewardship as Lord Mayor Michael. Look after yourself and thanks okay. for taking the call. Lo- lovely talk. Yeah. Cheers, talk former Lord Mayor bye, bye, Michael bye, bye, bye. O'Connell. Seamus took to the streets of Cork yesterday uh, to speak with those who remembered that visit back in Cork in 2000. And 11. Do you know what? It was an extraordinary day. We were actually all outside and it was just a fabulous day. Everyone will remember where they were when the Queen came to Cork. Like it was fantastic for Irish and English relations. You know, to leave the past in the past and keep moving forward. I totally have great regard for the Queen. You know, I respect her as like a grandmother as well. To be honest with you, she always reminded me of my own grandmother and even seeing the dip over the last couple of years in her, it'll be it'll be a sad day, I think, as well, because we're, we're all fascinated with the royals. Yeah, I know, because I know my own grandmother. Yes. She had to see the Queen's message. Absolutely, and the fact that she had the couple of fuckle, you know, Kate Mila throat, like she really tried to um, make an impact. And as you as you know, it's the, the famous photograph from the English market. Pat O'Connell is hanging up in Buckingham Palace. I mean, he was the only one that uh, made her smile, <laughs> you know, made her laugh with the mother-in-law fish. So, yeah, it was a fantastic day. What I remember of it is it was the looseness of the security, remember? Um, Cork was the last stop on the tour. And I think the Queen had been complaining that when she was in Dublin, she felt very, very far away from the people. And I remember they almost went to the other extreme when she came to Cork. And I remember quite vividly, actually, when she was here in the market itself, then she came out and she she worked the barriers, literally. She worked the barriers. And I thought she was extremely exposed almost, you know, um, in security terms. But, um, yeah, that was, that was quite an extraordinary visit by the Queen at the time. And it, it seemed to reach a sort of climax here in Cork with, you know, the extraordinary visit here to the market and... and Know, the reception she got from the people here. Yeah. Did you ever expect to see it in your lifetime? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, I think particularly, let's say, in the aftermath of the Good Friday Agreement, mm-hmm. um, I think the Queen Royal Family generally would have been very keen, you know, to make the appropriate gestures towards the Republic of Ireland. And if you recall, when she was here, you know, going to the Garden of Remembrance in Dublin, going to Crow Park, a lot of what she did was very, very symbolical, you know, um, and it was very telling, you know, it was a measure of the effort that she made mm-hmm. at the state dinner, she spoke a line in Irish, you know, 
it, it seemed she was quite determined, you know, to make her own little contribution. And did you get to meet her yourself? No, 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 not at all. I was just a member of the general public. Wasn't it a great honour? And it did cork a lot of good, didn't it? Surely. I mean, the market is famous now. She was a wonderful person. Oh, my God. A role model. She was older ladies. Yes, she was great. It's very sad. Very sad. It seems strange how uh, they only changed governments last week. No, this week. Yeah, Monday. Yeah, so they're supposed to have flown up. I wonder if they did see her or not. Makes you think. She brought a bit of money into the city anyway, which is the main thing. Keep all the business going. So, and we were busy in work, cleaning the whole city floor. And did you get to meet her? No, I didn't meet her at all. I think the only lad member was there, the chap in the market. People are reliving the memory of 2011 on side. Yeah, I mean, it, the irony of it isn't lost on me, actually. I'm getting corrected already, and you're dead right to correct me. People are saying, would you please stop referring to her as the Queen? She is not our Queen. She is the British Queen. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, 100% agree. I heard the Archbishop of Canterbury this morning saying, and I, I kind of did a double take, saying, man, would you ever steady on, please? He said he was. she wasn't just the Queen of Britain or the Queen of the Commonwealth. She was the Queen for the whole world. And I said to myself... Park it there, pal. She's not my queen in any way, shape or form. Little bit OTT on the queen coverage, lads. Feels like I'm listening to the radio in London. Well, by and large, I'm reliving the visit of the British queen to Cork. Um, it, I mean, it's not lost in me, actually, that, you know, we all have dysfunctional families, but on the scale of dysfunctionality, I think her family are probably more dysfunctional than most, and at the same time, quite privileged and to say privileged is an understatement when you think of the lifestyle that they live in people call some members of the royal family hard working that's always made me laugh because uh, I don't know if that's really hard work uh, the privilege that comes with the title and the position but it's none of our concern because as people are correctly pointing out to me this morning she's not our queen uh, text 0868104106 but calls nonetheless Claire good morning Good morning. So you're in an office on the South Mall looking down 2011 as the cortege went past, is it? That's right, yeah. I suppose it was such a momentous occasion for the country and I suppose for Cork, whatever your views on it were. Mm. I suppose just to be there, I suppose, and looking out and seeing um, the occasion that it was, you know what I mean? Did you ever, I, I wasn't there, but did you ever think why there was such a huge turnout of welcome? I think, I suppose, it was just a, a turning point in our history, I suppose, as well, do you know what I mean? And I think that, you know, I suppose she had proven by actually coming uh, over and um, showing her views at the Garden of Remembrance, especially, I think, I think that kind of went down, you know. Yeah, um, shaking hands with Martin McGuinness, things like that, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. just, you know, kind of, I suppose, whether it was making amends or trying to make amends what had gone on beforehand, whatever your views on it, um, she was there and she, you know, she, I mean, she put herself out there. So I suppose that... At any of the speeches, kind of, do you recall if there was ever was an apology? Um, I suppose the one with the, in the, the dinner where she, you know, where she started off, I suppose, with, you know, with her bit of Irish and things like that, you know what I mean? And there was, I suppose, in that speech, there was the bit of an apology, I suppose, of what had gone on a bit beforehand. Mm. And, you know, um, if things, looking back in hindsight and history and if things that could be done differently, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. whether that can be construed as an apology or not, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. anyway... I suppose that's the way it looked, you know, a bit anyway. And then, sometime later then, uh, you had the pleasure to meet 
The man who was now King Charles III. That's right, yeah. With Cove Animation Team, we were invited to, I suppose, to be there to greet him along with the, the Cove Cay Shawleys. Um, so on that occasion there in the English market, which I suppose put Cork on more on the map yeah. um, a bit as well, do you know what I mean? So we were there as they came out of the English market. And um, in fairness, you know what I mean, he stopped and spoke to every one of the team and, you know, had a few words with them um, and, as, and with the Cold Cay Shawleys as well. Well, so, and um, very, you know, he was gracious with with, with his time there. With I mean, he, he needs to have been, you know, he needs he could have just waved and gone on, you know. But um, yeah, so I suppose it was the now King Charles. I suppose so. It was that was in 2018, and yeah. that was a big occasion following on. I suppose from I suppose the Queen's visit in 2011 led on for. Him to come then. Very interesting if you look at it. If you look at it like because the, it will be at least a hundred years, I'd say, before they will have another queen on the throne. Because uh, the way they mind the health of the royal family, what is he now in his seventies? He could live to be a hundred, yeah. and then he's got a son who could be on the throne for another thirty, That's forty years, exactly. and a grandson so, as well. So, yeah. be a long time, won't it? It is. It will definitely. I say, well beyond our time. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how do you feel on her passing? I mean, she had a good innings at the age of ninety six. She did. She had a good innings. I suppose I'd look at it just from a family point of view. Do you know what I mean? Putting aside politics, putting aside what happened and everything. Uh, you know, she was their mother, her grandmother, great grandmother. So, I suppose just from that point of view, it's a very sad occasion for them. You know. You got it. Um, you got it. You, you know. It. So it, that's that. I think that's the way to look at it as well. Do you know what I mean? putting aside anything else we all have our family and whatever I say what kind of a, a family whether it's functional or dysfunctional oh or whatever, yeah I mean I, we, all, we all do I know we but, all do you know. do you know what I mean so um, you know from a personal point of view and a personal thing you know what I mean I still remember when my parents passed and you know so it's that's the way I'd look at it anyway well done but, well done thanks for sharing your memories Claire have a good all, day today okay. I'm very that curious you. as to how things work when uh, the death of somebody really really famous or well known happens, how the media kicks in. Mark Willington joins me in studio because uh, back in the day, uh, you were working with ITV, I believe. Um, they're well prepped for something like this, aren't they? Yes, I did some, this was back in 2011, 2012, and I did some uh, training to be a, a production assistant at ITV News. And uh, and it's well rehearsed, and the BBC is exactly the same. It's rehearsed Practically monthly, so really, they, they they go back over it every single like yeah. for whom the Queen, for the Charles, Queen, for, um, the Prime Minister, mainly like, for the for the Queen was the was was the big one. Um, that there certainly in BBC studios there'll be thick folders of what to do when this happens. Um, every radio studio in the UK has what they call an obit light in it, which will turn blue and light up when well they, they now call it a major incident like because it also lights up for things like terrorist attacks and yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. any major story yeah. um, so that would light up and you and you kick into action um, but just going back to the, re- the rehearsal of, of the Queen's death so, um, so, so it's rehearsed meticulously and packages and things like that are updated every so often um, and the interesting thing about it is when they're rehearsing it they don't actually refer to and at the time obviously Prince Philip was still alive they don't refer to the Queen or Prince Philip or any of the royals while doing the rehearsals the Queen is Mrs Robinson and Prince Philip was Mr Robinson and that's how they rehearse it so, they only, so there's nothing ever that appears on any screen but saying the Queen they, is dead But how do they cope then when Diana died in the crash because they would have been totally unprepared for that I think yeah and, and there's, some, there's definitely some good documentaries out there which, which cover that that totally unexpected because I think when Diana died what they had to do because they didn't have any 
any preparations for that. Um, they used the Queen Mother's um, funeral preparations and plans as a as a template as something to just draw upon yeah. to then build yeah. the, the 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 occasion for Diana. Um so yeah I think it was the Queen the Queen Mum's plans like were, it's, were it's, utilized it's, it's in that wall to wall now for a week or ten days. I believe all sports been cancelled now, hasn't it? Uh, to an extent, they, they were, we're waiting for a, an update from the Premier League and the English Football League later today, unless I, I've missed it and it's come through already. Um, but I would assume that would be cancelled. Um, even things like, obviously, the, the, I've heard, yesterday I heard that there's there's not any comedy programmes due on the BBC now for 12 days. Um, so I what, what, is it what class as a comedy programme, I don't know whether like things like Strictly Gum Dancing... Are allowed. I've, 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 I don't know, but um, but Black I do find that interesting. Morning. Yeah, I mean, mm. I get it. Like it's it's your it's your queen, whom you met actually, I believe. I did. Yeah, back in nineteen ninety eight, she um she opened my school down in Portsmouth, and I had to talk to her about my English work. <laughs> now the whole thing was completely set. It wasn't real English work. It was set up for that occasion, and I can't for the life of me remember what it There's was I was doing. You yeah. look like you look like a small Jay Leno. <laughs> Slightly chubby around the cheeks. No, I'm not saying that. You're just like a small Jay Leno. <laughs> and the, uh, oh, and the sort of queen towering over me. I was, I was, but yeah, I, I don't think I ever got a detention off of it. That <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> so it was, it was. I, 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 you know what I remember as well. I remember the because I, I obviously I was what 13, 14. I wasn't an, an old kid, but um, but I do remember. Um, and I hope I remember this right, because um, it's always that debate of ma'am or mom, and it's and they tell not you Liz, no, no, not Liz. It's it's ma'am as in jam. Is how you say oh, it. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Did she speak? Yeah, she did. Yeah, I'm, I'd be lying if I if I could say I remember precisely the words because it was actually quite terrifying, and <laughs> I, it's the only time I've been in a room where the person who walks into the room, the room suddenly feels different. I can't even explain it. The room doesn't feel the same as it did 10 seconds ago, which sounds ludicrous. If it was terrifying now and you were in school now, you'd probably have your parents suing for post-traumatic stress. <laughs> yeah, true, maybe. Or putting yeah. you through Imagine the horror of it all. At the time. <laughs> Absolutely terrified. <laughs> Nightmares. All right, my man. Thanks for jumping in. I'll let you get no back to whatever here. you're doing. Appreciate it, Mark Thank Willington, you. back in the day. Text 0868 Calls, texts and comments on the way. Incidentally, let us also remember that today's an important day. It's Friday, which makes it a free Food Friday and your opportunity to scoop food for 15 of you. Feeds more than 15, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So, you need to text or WhatsApp who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. I'll tell you all about uh, the food involved a little later on this morning, but there's lots of it from Roosters and we'll start the shout-outs at about quarter past ten this morning. So, who you are and where you are to 0868 Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Manners in big demand this morning is the one and only Pat O'Connell down in the English market. Pat, good morning. Hang on a second, I'm going to get my line sorted there. He's moved to two. Jo- oh, just, uh, just joining me from the English market is to say Pat O'Connell. Pat, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you you're, today? In, you're in big demand this morning, so thanks for squeezing us in. Uh, your thoughts on the passing of the British Queen Elizabeth? Sad day, I think. Really sad day. Mm. Yeah. Iconic lady. Um, 
Yeah, and I think she'll be remembered very fondly in Cork. So yeah. We're talking about the turnout, of course, and the letter that was sent originally to invite her with the Lord Mayor at the time, Michael O'Connell. You obviously got to meet her in the English market and the money shot was your laughing photograph with her. That had something to do with a joke that you cracked at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was my wedding anniversary that's around that time. So I, I had said to her that, you know... This is my 30th wedding anniversary and the last time I was this nervous was 30 years ago. And she said, but you're okay now, aren't you? And I said, mm, a bit like a swan, really smooth on top of paddling like hell underneath. <laughs> and she threw the head back and yeah, yeah. But well, she was up for that. Yeah. She was very relaxed and caught. There was another crack about the mother-in-law fish, wasn't there? There was, yeah. Well, that was the one that broke the ice, really. Um, because, you know, I wouldn't know a lot about horses and I'm not sure the Queen knew a lot about fish, but you kind of, you know, then, then we had a huge monk fish from Castletown Bear where we, get, where we get all our fish for the last 60 odd years. Um, so, of course, it, it's a wow looking fish anyway. But when it's it an ugly really looking critter, isn't it? Yeah, there's a reason it's called the mother in law fish. Um, <laughs> I'd figure that out someday, but I haven't got through it yet. Um, but um, yeah, we had a huge, a huge one of those, and she said, you know, gosh, what's that? So I was kind of saying, do I say monkfish or mother in law fish? So it wasn't too long after Williams and Kate's wedding. <laughs> so I said, okay, tall London can't be that bad. So I said, that's the mother in law fish. <laughs> so she had it. She got it and she laughed out loud and I thought, yeah, this lady, it's fine. She's, <laughs> she's up for this. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Like you visited. I mean, I know you were sending smoked salmon and things like that and she would write back and things, but you actually went to Buckingham Palace, didn't you? As you do, Neil, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> what was the event? Was you just get, come over for afternoon tea, is it? No, um, President Higgins was going over on an official visit the following week. So that particular week, there was an invite to people who had done well, basically, and Irish people who had done well in England. Um, and there was a few of us brought over from Ireland as well. Um, but uh, icing on the cake, really, was I got a private audience with her beforehand. So that was really something special. I kind of looked up to the heavens and said, Kathleen, I hope you're looking down. I just was going to ask you in a minute as to what Kay O'Connell would have made of it all. I think she'd have been chuffed. <laughs> so what is a private audience? Is it just you and her sitting down chatting? or is it? No, there was, about, there was about eight of us invited upstairs before the, um, before the main you, reception. Why do you think she took such a grow that you would have been singled out into a small group like that? Is It must be your personality, is it? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Mind you, Julian King, who was the British ambassador at the time, he came down a couple of weeks after the event um, and he called over to us and he said, lads, this place really rocked her. And I said, but, you know, that's what we do in the market. But he said, yeah, Pat, but how many people do what they normally do when they meet the Queen of England? And I said, okay, fair point. Yeah, and yeah. I think she just enjoyed the normality of it and the sense of fun and the cheekiness, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was 96, but you do sound quite sad this morning, though. Well, look, it was a very memorable occasion and I mean, it was a very proud day for the English market, I think, um, and for K.O. Connors. Um, and I think it was a watershed in Irish history, if I'm honest about it. Yeah, it was a watershed. I mean, it kind of stuck in my craw a bit without dwelling on it too much. God Save the Queen being played in um, in Croke mm -hmm. Park. But I guess mm -hmm. it was about healing, was it? I think it was, yeah. And I think she ticked all the boxes in Dublin, in, in Dublin Castle particularly, with uh, Kupla Fokker and uh, 
apologies for what happened between us back along I think yeah, I think yeah. that went a long way to the healing yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and you know look at the end of the day we're neighbours it's a lot easier to get on with your neighbours than to be constantly arguing with them well I suppose you're right is it bygones yeah. be bygones not not everybody would necessarily agree not but everybody maybe, would agree with yeah. that and I mean we can't forget the past and we won't forget the past but that doesn't mean it should yeah yeah, yeah. To the, the future. Yeah. Uh, and on a serious note, would there be any chance of uh, an invite to the funeral then, do you think? No. 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 It don't understand no, the relationship really was with the Queen. It was a personal one. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we feel, you know, we kept in touch ever since. I had a letter wrote three weeks ago or four weeks ago after the Golden Jubilee or whatever Jubilee it was. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, again, like lovely memories of, of the visit to Cork. So, you know, it, it, it's lived on really. This was something that kind of just didn't go away. Isn't Very that strange. amazing? Fish, yeah. Fishmonger and the Queen, but, you know. <laughs> That's fantastic, isn't it? It is what it is, yeah. yeah. All right, well, listen, thanks for stopping by this morning to remember no, those no, days. Appreciate sure. it, Pat. Take care of yourself. I have to look, at, have to look after local news. Yeah, get back to it. It's Friday. Fish on Friday, my <laughs> man. Friday. Get stuck in. <laughs> Cheers, Pat. Bye. All the best. Um, now, care. let's uh, see what else we got for you. I'm not quite sure that everybody would agree. If I were to sum up perhaps the sentiments of John O'Donovan, he would say, no true Republican should sympathise on the death of a British monarch. John, good morning. Is that kind of what you're saying? I know you're not not your words, mine, but is it sum up how you feel? Well, there's a book of condolence being opened today in the City Hall, right? And I won't be signing it as an Irish Republican, and I don't see how any person, male or female, in this city that calls themselves an Irish Republican would walk through the door of the City Hall, pick up that thing, and put their name in it. Right? Why? why? I were, mean, why? If, if thousands of people turned out for the Cork visit and then turned out again for... Well, look, Charles if, they want Camilla. To, if they want to do it half with them, but I will be requesting after that, Mayor, when this phone call is over now, to know will he or, or will she uh, have a book of condolence for the family in Tala? The way the people of the city can sign that, because that's a book I would sign. There's a mother in Dublin today who is absolutely in the worst place any human being could possibly be after what happened and three or four children have been buried at the one time today that's where my sympathy will go that's where my signature will go on a book of condolence to them now as regards the queen herself right she had a well i'm sick and tired of yesterday here about this life of service right she had a very privileged lifetime my my mother went through tough times in the 50s when i was a kid right like a lot of other mothers in this town Right, and they struggled because the, the, the father the, of the house wasn't earning great money like my dad at the time, and they struggled. This woman had a life of privilege. She never wanted for anything. She lived to be 96 because she had an operating theatre in Buckingham Palace, top physicians on call 24-7. Um, this is the woman who knighted Colonel Jackson, right, who was responsible for murdering 13 people in Derry City on Bloody Sunday. Mm. This is the woman who knighted Tony Blair, who went into Iraq without any permission whatsoever, a sovereign country, and was responsible for killing hundreds of thousands of people. Her son, uh, Charles, is the commander-in-chief of the Para Regiment, the same Para Regiment that murdered 13 people again on Bloody Sunday. Right? When Diana died, they had to be dragged back, screaming by Tony Blair, because the people were saying, where are the right family? And they had to come back uh, almost nearly against their will. And, you know, we see what happened after that. Mm. 
But mm. the whole thing is that look. No, I, mean, I know, I know all of that, and that's not none of that is lost on me, and perhaps people listening. But some might say that's all in the past now. Well, I mean, it's not because like I mean, the, the teddy bear's head is still missing. I mean, and I'm talking about the six counties. There's, she still rules, and Charles rules supreme now over the north of Ireland, right? Which is our country, right? Belongs to us, like it's all Ireland, mm. and that still goes on, and I think that dissolves. And I wouldn't be sending out any more invitations now because that that visit of the Queen that and cost forty million when she came here to the, to the visit. We can't afford to be inviting any more people like that because our own people are hemorrhaging now with the cost of living and health and housing and whatever. So for God's sake... why it, then is the front of every single Irish newspaper emblazoned with it? Every single one, bar none. It's like as if it is a death in our national family. Yeah, I, I can't see what the, what the obsession is. I really can't see what the obsession is like. No one's saying that. If Michael D. Higgins passed away in the morning, like our former President Mary Robinson, Mary McAleese, I wouldn't be saying the book and condolence to me, though, for the simple reason I don't think this country, we shouldn't have a president either of privilege. This man, Higgins, at the moment, lives in the, up in the Alice with the 70 rooms near, right? And he hasn't taken in one Irish or Ukrainian family. So we have our own uh, prestige gang here as well. Let's see what the people of Cork make on what you have to say. So for you yeah. today, uh, you wouldn't be signing the book in condolences and you no, wouldn't my, be sympathising no, with her passing. Right. I, I will be requesting that Lord office have a separate book for Is the, there a the flag flying at City Hall, I wonder, or flying at half-mast or anything? Would they have well, to... Well, we, we shouldn't be... That tricolour should not be at half-mast. I don't know whether it is or not, but if it is, it's a bloody disgrace. And I will keep repeating... It's at half-mast in Leinster House, I'm told. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I don't agree with that either. Okay. No, I don't. Okay. As I said, Neil, and fine, fine again, repeating, I will be requesting a separate book of condolence for the family of that distraught woman in Dublin. Thank you, John. Text up 0868104106. Your thoughts are welcome. Back after 10. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And so by text to 086-8104-106, well, Neil, Liz Truss had an interesting first day at Prime Minister. Wonder who's next for the chop on her second day, says Paddy. Uh, the Queen's visit to Ireland, and particularly Cork, was the best thing that happened to our two countries. It was an incredible historic occasion. She was the monarchy and leaves a void. A uh, little bit over the top this morning, Neil, with your coverage of the Queen feels like I'm listening to a London radio station. Another one. I suppose we're going to waste the whole show talking about the Queen now. No, incidentally we're not. Us, the Irish Republican people, what was the royal family to us? What has the royal family ever done for us? Why do Irish people feel the need to show such an interest in this family that could basically be called a mafia? Maybe stick a picture of her up now over the fireplace alongside Pope John Paul II and JFK. What are you talking about? She covered up for Prince Andrew, let us not forget, says Kieran in Carrick Tool. I'm skitting. I remember the day the Queen visited Cork. I put a rumour out that she was visiting us at the Victoria Hospital. And we had the catering managers up the walls looking for royal cutlery and crockery in case she came for tea and scones. Well, the cat's out of the bag now. Why are we celebrating the Queen? She did not 
nothing for the people of the UK either, especially the homeless. What business did she bring to Cork, for instance? Nothing but a privileged old woman who never had to wipe her own behind. My queen mother was my own mother. Uh, Pat O'Connell was the best ambassador for Cork and our image abroad during the Queen's visit. It really uplifted the nation and was a positive time. Frank wonders, could the Queen leave the six counties to us in her will? just the text of the day for me so far lads can we ask why the government house as in Leinster house is flying the tricolour at half mast today Sarah says I rang the Taoiseach's office I was transferred and passed on to three different departments to have my question addressed and the response I got was very short and blunt they told me it was a mark of respect to the Queen personally I feel it's unnecessary the Taoiseach has already made a public address to mark her passing she was not the Queen of Ireland Uh, Yes, she deserves an amount of respect, but not our free state national flag flying at half-mast. That honour should be reserved for Irish citizens, says Sarah. And another one here, very rarely would I agree with John O'Donovan, but on this occasion, I have to say he is so right. So that's just a selection of texts with regards to uh, the passing of, again, I've been told to make sure I'm stated quickly, or correctly, I should say, the British Queen. But I was talking about a life of privilege. And can I just mention this, notwithstanding the fact that somebody has died here, but her wealth is just off the charts. I was reading this morning some different reports on it. I looked at Forbes and they were estimating the Queen's wealth. Um, and this has probably even gone up now since uh, the last report was done. But they said that she is worth, personally now, just herself alone, $500 million um, in and around somewhere between 350 and £400 million. That is her personal wealth. Uh, and then I was wondering, where does that money go? And apparently it goes directly to Charles. He gets the dosh. So the now king gets the 500 million. But I drilled a bit more into the family then because they have what is called the firm. The firm is known, that's the term they call for the family business, which is the royal firm. Um, And it is estimated that the family, because they have huge business interests and own massive amounts of land and, of course, many, many companies they invest in. So the family wealth for the entire family runs to $28 billion, $28 billion. So let's not forget this uh, when you talk about uh, the royal family. And, you know, I respect those overseas, but the privilege and the amount of money is just off the charts, uh, particularly when I suppose people in the UK are wondering whether they would eat food or turn the heating on. And that's as much as I'll say on that for now. Right, in other news this morning, Free Food Friday, I'll do some shout-outs in a few minutes' time. But one text, um, one text, uh, yeah, okay, I'll I'll do that and come back to you in a second. My apologies to everybody else that's waiting. Jerry, good morning. Good morning. So what we we know now in this regard is that, where are those texts gone? The tricolour is flying at half-mast at Collins' barracks. Another person is asking me this morning, all the tricolours in Hall Boland Naval Base are flying at half-mast today. Why? Somebody asked the question, did an Irish dignitary die? I'm assuming the same is happening at City Hall, but I know for sure that the tricolours at half-mast at Leinster House. Your thoughts? Well, they're our neighbours, and they've done a lot for uh, people who couldn't get jobs in the 50s, whereas they go back to England. And I was actually born in the UK of Irish parents and came back after a few months, but... Have, uh, my father wouldn't have uh, couldn't get a job because he wasn't uh, a mainstream Queen of Ireland or Finneganer. He was a socialist. So you're saying he emigrated? 
You had to emigrate yeah. in order to try it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was no work there in the 50s for, unless you, unless you told the party line. But is that, I understand that. You're saying that the UK was good to your dad and, and on that basis good to your family by giving him an opportunity to go and work and, and live and make money, is it? Well, it was an alternative that he took and he didn't regret it. When he came back, he, he did get a job eventually, but he didn't, he didn't regret one minute of being over there. And yeah. a lot of my uncles stayed in the UK. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot of disquiet this morning by texts, actually, as to why our flags are flying at half-mast. Um, uh, for a member of the royal family that isn't an Irish dignitary. And, yeah, and, histor- and historically, we would have memories that would suggest maybe we shouldn't be dropping the flag. Yeah, but are we going to go back and trial through history, you know, forever? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, we have to think about our kids too in the future, you know? You know, we, we have to get on with our neighbours, you know? That even, that's even in your own state, housing estate, you have to get on with your neighbours. Yeah, but would 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 if your neighbour died in the morning, would you just put on the music and put on you two or whatever? <laughs> you know what I mean? You show some respect. Yeah, but would that respect be reciprocated have, though? If say, for instance, an Irish Taoiseach died or the President Michael D Higgins passed away, would they be dropping the Union Jack? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because of uh, generally, because of the, the others, the, the, what you, for want of a word, they're a superpower, and uh, you know we're just we're minnows in, in this world. We think we, we box above our weight, but we're not we're not a superpower by any means. Okay, but on 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 the basis of it being good to your family, you're okay with the flags flying at half mast, even though I your am. dad didn't go over with a begging bowl. Now he went over and he worked hard. Oh, he worked. And he, you know, uh, and they didn't forget him either. Uh, Forty years later, when, uh, when he came a pension age, that he got a letter. He yeah. didn't have to go filling in forms, looking for something that he was entitled to. Yeah, which There's is probably the way here. Something. Yeah, you'd have to go looking yeah. and hassling for it, wouldn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good point. Okay, it's an interesting perspective. Thank you for it, Jerry. Have a good weekend. Appreciate it. Okay. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Speaking of text, one jumped out, and it's not related to the death of the Brit- death of the British Queen this morning. Something that's um, absolutely very important to the Senate of all Corkonians and it jumped out at me this morning from Noel and Balafihan. He said, Neil, the secret sound on the breakfast show is wrecking my head. Have you heard it? Yes, I have. It's been going on for ages and no one has gotten it yet. You're the man to get on to someone because we need some help. Help a guy out here, says Noel and Balafihan. Yes, it has been going on for a long, long time. I believe that the secret sound on breakfast has been going on now for 38 weeks. Now, this is the sound, right? (laughs) What is that? (laughs) And that's been wrecking people's heads now for 38 weeks. It's worth 4,500 euro. I remember back in the day when Foley was on breakfast, we used to have fierce banter back and forth on different things between the programs and what have you. And one thing that we had an awful lot of laughs down the years was uh, about the secret sound. Um, and there was a couple of occasions when I thought I actually had got it right. Uh, I never did, incidentally. Right? So I'll tell you what I'll do. I, I, saw his, um, I saw his head passing the window there a little earlier on this morning. Uh, I'll get Rob Heffernan in and we will, under pain of death, not allow him leave 
until he gives us a hint, all right? So I'm going to turn the pressure up on breakfast. Uh, we'll just nab him there for me, lads. Will you get him in after the break? Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. There he is. Just get those headphones on you there, Rob. Marathon Superman. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't expected to be dragged I in here. I wasn't. I wasn't. Okay. So this is it, right? Um, so unbeknownst to you we also put together um, in the last 10 or 15 minutes Mark Willington worked on some of the wrong guesses over the past 38 weeks I've been thinking about it a couple of weeks and when I played there this morning I tried it and it sounds very familiar so hopefully I, uh, do you know what I, I'm hoping you win it as well yeah me too I, I'm going to start <laughs> you know it's wrecking my head now as well Karen I yeah. hope you win it girl. come on Right, so what I think is, um, you know the Nespresso coffee machine? Oh, Karen, I'm going to stop you straight away. It's not Karen! 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 No! 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 It's not that gun! Oh, Karen, drink it! Isn't that the coffee pot? No, it's not! Go away! Look, Karen! Was that the one that everyone was guessing? Everyone, Neil. This is the bane. I'm tormented with this with my kids. Out and about, I have guys ringing me. We can solve it for you now. And we brought it up this morning. And you know what? This is perfect because we wrote a song about Garth Brooks and Cork Places. And Kira Evans left the cat out of the bag this morning. She's going up to the Garth Brook concert so complete treachery so I said we should give out a, a treachery because he should be playing Parky Queen he should Queen. be in Cork sure he's friends of yours why yeah, isn't he down I, here I, I mean he has five gigs he could have given us one he could have given us one give us something it's bad know? form it's bad form I don't so think look, we should all boycott the gigs I said that Neil at the start of the week but look here is going to it so I was saying we should give a hint out to the secret song then she's torn apart she's saying no but she's gone no has she's, anyone come close it's plastic, isn't it? I, I not say. I, no, I, on, not, I'm going to give you a hint, right? I'm going to give you all a hint, and you need to think outside the box. I'm going to put it. Is that the hint? Hyphenate the outside, outside the box, and you're on about the Queen's wealth there. This is a lot of wealth for Cork people. Four thousand five hundred euros. What is it? That's not a hint. It is. So it, outside, Neil. That's a good hint. Outside what? Outside the door? Outside, outside the window? The box. Think outside, outside my brain. Box. So that's the first hint you're getting, guys. The first. I'm going to get a, a lot of trouble for this as well, by the way. Is it anything to do with the box? Like the Nespresso coffee machine would be inside. So this is outside. Outdoors. Outside oh, the box. He's trying to run Neil. away. Do, do outside and gone, Neil. No, 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 no. <laughs> hang on. It's an outdoor. It's an. Good <laughs> 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 I was promised it. Would you regard that as a hint? Like, would you really? Outside. It's an outdoor sound. Oh. Yeah, well, it's outside the box, like. Let's think outside the box. So we forget about the issue of box. It's an outdoor sound. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think I know what it is. What? Tell me. Well, if it's outside, like, will you share the the prize with me now? If I, or will the whoever rings I will, in, I on, will share it. I have my yeah. fingers crossed, but I will. Yeah. yeah <laughs> whoever yeah. rings in on Monday, right? I need I need a cut, all right? all right. But I reckon it's a golf ball being potted into. The hole. That's a fantastic I'd guess. Say that's definitely been surely been. be to God that's been guessed. That's definitely been guessed. See, he's after running. He literally just raced out of the studio, thinking that I was gonna. I, 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 I had a guess for it, but I think with the box, the box is throwing me now. My Not initial box. Forget about box. It's well, outdoors. my initial guess was the when you play beer pong, and you're throwing the beer pong ball, and it's gone into a cup. That's indoors, though, is it? Well, you can play it anywhere. You don't play beer pong indoors. 
I have to think outside the box. Last time I came across a bunch <laughs> of fellas playing beer pong, it was my son's buddies, and they smashed the legs of the table. Be careful now. Don't say anything that might get you in no, jeopardy. No, would look. Don't be talking to me. <laughs> I go around the house, and there's small little table tennis balls all over the floor. Well, I'm going to fall reckon, down the stairs and break my neck. I reckon if you ring it on Monday... No matter what you say on air, <laughs> you'll have enough money to keep you, to, to 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 keep you in a in a hotel for a few days till anything. So what over. are we saying then? Are we saying that it's a somebody putty, putting a ball into a, a hole? Putting a ball into a hole, yeah. Hmm. I I don't know. I'm not Go and ask that. him. Go and ask him and see if he'll hardly tell you, will he? Hardly. Cork people are very smart, though. They've guessed that a long time ago. I don't know, but I look. Ah, there's a few. There's a few avid golfers that listen to us now regularly. Anyway, I can tell you, they right. definitely would have. All I can tell you now at this stage, lads. What was what was the the so-called hint? You have to think, think outside. Outside the box. The word outside. Yeah. He said the Nespresso coffee machine is inside the box. As in the box says. being in the house, is it? Well, what, what box do you put in the espresso costume machine? That's it, like. Thanks for the clue, like. Sure. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. All right. He was back. a good race walker in his day, in fairness. He got out of the he studio pretty quickly, like didn't he? He bat out of hell. <laughs> he used all the technique. He should run and uh, walk again in the next Olympics <laughs> at that speed. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 104 106. Red FM. Just a fast call. We were talking all week about Burgess's down around Killer and the dangerous, dangerous road stretch that leads to so many accidents and crashes. Sadly, another one, a bad crash, described as a bad crash outside Rathcormack. Apparently, Jim just passed it. Jim, good morning. Morning, Neil. Listen, thanks for stopping by and just reporting in. What have you seen? Um, it's just on the, the old water or the old Dublin road between Watergrass Hill and Rackharmock. Anyone heading into Rackharmock from the Watergrass Hill side, take it handy because there's a, there have to be a bad smash there. Okay, is there many involved in it? <clears throat> I, I think there's at least two or three cars, maybe. Oh my God. It's the junction turning off from the Middleton to Connor. Any emergency services there yet? There are the Gardaí around the scene, but I said emergency services will be there shortly. We've had a bad week, Jim. We've had a bad week. Bad I hope week. everybody's okay. Yeah. Hopefully, anyway. All right. Listen, thanks for reporting it. For God's sake, no point yourself. Slow down. Take care. Some very, 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 very dangerous roads. Uh, and it, I don't think you'd put that down to road conditions this morning, would you? Hope everybody's okay and everybody will be all right following that bad smash in Rathcormack. Lines open. Text 0868104106. First bunch of uh, Free Food Friday shout outs in a few minutes' time. But just staying with this, more text coming in now regarding uh, the death of uh, the British Queen. Um, I'm curious as to. Uh, what freak makes of it all down Passage West? How the news is going down in Passage West? What's the reaction down the down the estuary, freak? Yeah, well, Neil, I'm in, actually I'm down west now today. Oh, you're on your holliers, okay? Well, what are your well, thoughts? I'm here. Yeah. I'm in Skibbery. Don't be a bit sitting. <laughs> working. Is that old yeah, paid babysitting? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pray for your job, Well, will you be saying a prayer to the Queen? I will, me. I'm not a whop, Neil. Why not? Why? Well, because I suppose she tried to build bridges and, you know, mend the past yeah. and apologised for, um, you Probably know. Did, but there's, there's a lot of more apologising to be done, but to remove, like, I mean, I wouldn't lose any sleep, you know what I mean? The woman is dead, and that's it. You so. are aware of the flags at half-mast? Yeah, yeah, I'd be, well, I suppose that's a, the way things are going, need, but I mean, the country's changing, but not alone that, I... I wouldn't be putting me flag at half match. I'd be hung a strike flag on. So. Mm. You know what I mean? You have to think back to that as well. I know you say move on, neither times you do, like, but you can't forget either, like. Mm. Mm. You think it's a step too far then, is it? 
Well, that'd be my opinion. That'd be my personal opinion. I don't know. 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 I mean, it's the member of Sinn Féin, but it's my personal opinion, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the memo went out to Sinn Féin members to toe the party line and uh, say very little or preferably nothing at all, I'm told. You didn't hear that? No, I didn't hear that, Neil, but uh, that's like up to thing, but I mean, you have to be able to voice your opinion at times as well, Neil, we yeah. fought for that as well, eh? Yeah. And, and, when, and, when, and when would your opinions change? Would it be when the six counties becomes part of an Irish Republic? Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what my aim would be for, I know, that we'd be United Ireland. Yeah. But I'd see it my lifetime. I think it's getting a bit nearer, but it'll probably be too economic, maybe. Interesting text you know? from Pat, though, who says, the flags are flying at half-mast as a sign of respect, just as we have flown the tricolour in the past when royalty and disaster struck other countries. Born in the UK of Irish parents, but while I have fond memories of growing up there, I'm Irish. But the UK provided work and various supports uh, along with all of the troubles that we only seem to fixate on. We need to look forward, draw a line under the past. Many people this morning believe the UK was very good to our forefathers who went there to work. Yes, I Okay. And um, we shouldn't forget that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting I know that. that I know that. Neil, yeah. I know you have to move on because you probably have people dancing or what is he on about? Like, move on. But don't forget me. Like, as I said, on other topics before, you want them to know unless you have your all. That's true. You know let's what not, I mean? Let's not forget. All right, I'll let you get back let's to the forget. more important job this morning, Frick, the babysitting. Oh, yeah, I'm having a cup of coffee you now before I get stuck in today. <laughs> I'm talking to you, bye. Just put on the cartoon channel. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go on for a while, Nick. Cheers to well, pal. Keith, good morning. Neil, how's things? How's things, my old pal? What are you making the news yeah. this morning? I to be honest with you, Neil, that's what I'm going mad. Why? You don't, you don't know when the funeral is, do you? I don't know, I but they, they're slow enough in the UK for burying people, so it could be a week, I'd say. Why? Will you go? Uh, yeah, well, they'll be, they'll be fairly quick, down, Neil, because of DSB and that they will keep them in the freezer so long, you know? But <laughs> they're trying to get rid of them. But I'll be honest with you, what is wrong with people? We all went away to England when we were young. Only for the Queen's head in my back pocket. I would never bob me. <laughs> were you there then? Did you work there? I did. I worked there for years. Yeah. As a matter of fact, neither have I done for a week's holidays. I stayed for seven years. <laughs> it was a great country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did a you do? Country. What did you do there? I was walking on the roads over there. And I remember one that needed a straight up love of the Queen. I just, I go mad over it, I'd be honest with you. <laughs> no, he didn't know if I was, I know he'd not talk to me till right? <laughs> but I, me- I remember one time, Neil, I got a fall over there. And I just shared any of that with being drunk, right? No, I wouldn't and believe that for drunk. a moment, Keith. <laughs> no, they got that It was a Friday night, Neil. This is the only night that I showed the girls that followed me on a Friday night. That was only the a speed night. wobble. They followed you. <laughs> but t- I was up in court and the, the judge said, Mr. O'Connor, <laughs> your charge was falling on the Queen's Highway. 
I said, take your honour. I said, I didn't know it was the Queen's Highway at all. The Queen owns every place here. <laughs> you know that you know that if you add up all of the money that the family have, it comes to twenty-eight billion dollars. I say dollars because got the figure from Forbes uh, this yeah. morning. So that could be anywhere north of twenty-five billion pounds. Look at all politicians, all the houses they have, <laughs> and they forgot about them. But I don't know if somebody went in their need and right and set up house inside there, would they forgot about them? <laughs> I know, you but know? I mean, it's an incredible amount of money. That is, but now look at the size of the house. The, the house. They've numerous palaces and castles. Should look what Charlie I had. He had a big mansion, he had a picture of what, three million d- 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 euros on the wall, and nobody questioned it. He had an Ishvickel on island, didn't he, off the blaskets? I had an island, and he had a, a, a yacht, <laughs> when yachts weren't even around. We had another prime minister there, that's how I had is he, the uh, T-shirt, he had even a banky home. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing you know you go over, I hope that you never has the sign on the door, right? Because the first thing they'll ask you over the door, love, was, give us your bank statement. <laughs> There's no chance of Bertie ever having to sign on the door. Just to answer your question, they think the funeral could be on Monday the 19th of September. If you want to book a Ryanair flight to Stansted, get the train into Buckhouse. I will turn in. So that, I will, would be, I need, uh, that would be Monday, Monday week. Monday week, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but Jesus, I'm going away to Spain that week. I don't mind the chance of Spain. Go on, have a quick... But need, yeah. the Irish want to leave, leave the Queen alone and I'll stay on the song. All right, All right bye. All right, Keith, have a good weekend. Cheers, Cheers bye. Pal, good luck. Thanks, Toy, at 6-8-104-106. Your thoughts are welcome. Just in other news this morning, a little more on Garth Brooks between now and midday today. But ahead of that, a conversation yesterday with uh, Ernest Horgan, who had a big golf classic yesterday in memory of his son, Jimmy Horgan, who tragically died at a very young age, only 13 years old, crossing the road, coming home from school. And we all know of that tragedy on Leaside. Uh, last year, they had a big fundraiser. You might remember the walk down the marina into Black Rock Village and what have I mean, They raised over uh, an incredible amount of money. I think it, it, it topped uh, in, uh, an astonishing amount. Was it like... I haven't got the exact figure now. I'll come to it. And if it's nearly 90,000 at the last time I checked before they closed the I donate, 90,000 euro. So having the, they had the golf classic yesterday and there is an I donate fundraiser up now, um, just following on the golf classic and all of the proceeds from the I donate, um, fund will go to the Mercy Hospital who, who really, really tried so hard to save young Jimmy's life. And I was telling you about that yesterday because I was chatting on the air with Ernest and he gave me Two tickets to see Garth Brooks this Sunday night, the Sunday gig. But not just that, plus two, a two-night stay for two people at the luxury four-star Castleknock Hotel. So you'll stay there for the weekend. You'll go to the gig and you'll go back to the Castleknock Hotel. Dinner's included. I believe it's included at least on one of the nights. I'm not 100% sure about that. But two tickets for Garth Brooks and a two-night stay at the luxury four-star Castleknock Hotel. So it's a fabulous prize. And I was suggesting yesterday, and thank you to everybody who has donated, that if you donate a minimum of a five euro uh, to the uh, fundraiser on iDonate and then send me a screen grab by WhatsApp or by email, you can WhatsApp your screen grab of your donation to 086 
where you can email your donation to neil at redfm.ie. We will pick a winner in the next hour and somebody who has donated to idonate.ie forward slash event forward slash the Jimmy Horgan Memorial Golf Classic. You'll find it on iDonate by searching the name Jimmy Horgan. Um, then you'll be in with a chance of winning two tickets to see Garth Brooks this Sunday uh, and a two-night stay at the Castle Knock Hotel. So you got about an hour to do that. Then we'll pick a winner. And again, thank you to everybody who donates. I know we live in difficult times, but it's for a good cause in memory of a beautiful young son, uh, the late uh, Jimmy Horgan. iDonate.ie forward slash event forward slash the Jimmy Horgan Memorial Golf Classic, and thank you to everybody who will donate. Free Food Friday today, um, your chance to scoop a massive uh, haul of food, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So what would you get? Starters consist of chicken wings, chicken skewers, beef skewers, the main event, chicken wraps, chicken pittas, and beef burgers, all basted in the Piri sauce. For sides, Piri salted fries, rice, waffle fries and then all of the mayos that you need and then you build your own d- dessert cheesecake and you add your own toppings because they will send you loads of different types of toppings uh, to put on top of the cheesecake so there'll be no rowing over the topping in the workplace so text who you are and where you are to 0868104106 and our first blast of shout outs this morning free food friday shout out for everybody at Flim- a slimming world in frankfield in grange doing amazing work for the groups that are losing a few pounds to everybody at dunn stores in carrigaline uh, all of them working non-stop would love some feeding grp roofing supplies on the tremor road to everybody at watson marlow pharmaceuticals in black rock everybody listening at the heart and vascular department in the matter private the medical secretaries in the Dunmanway Day Unit. Morning to everybody at Northside Glass on the Old Mallow Road. To Arima Connect in Blackpool Retail Park for Friday's food. To the war, to ward personnel. Not quite sure where, but morning to party. To Lehan Motors. Caremark Cork on the Tremor Road. Had a tough few weeks and could do with a pick-me-up. Allied Profiles in Mallow. Argos and Blackpool are listening. Classic Windows are as well. Glen Heights Pharmacy. Deermount Construction. Power Aggregates in Carrick Tool. O'Donovan's Pharmacy in Balafihan. Lehan Motors at the Airport Road. FDC Accountants in Wellington Road. Just another few. Billy uh, says, Free Food Friday is so big, it's obscene. It could nearly be used in the wake for the Queen. Nice one, Billy. Keep them coming. To everybody at Kevin McAllen Buildings, particularly Pat, Niall and Paul, to Transport Services in Ballyvalan, to Boots and Half Moon Street, and we'll do some more shout-outs in half an hour's time. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Mary, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, Neil. I'm fine, thank you very much. Good stuff. Now, I get some bizarre requests of help or looking for help down through the years, and thankfully we have a lot of success with most of them. Let's see if we can crack this nut for you. You you were most of your life in the UK, is that right? Um, Combination always lived between both North Cork and Wales. So, yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. So. But, but for, for one reason or another, you're back in Ireland. Haven't might quite made it back to Cork yet, but that's your intention. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, there, and yeah. the Cork connection is very interesting because I hear tell that your grandfather was one of the boys who killed Michael and was a comrade was of Tom Barry. Yes. He's named on the memorial in Kilmichael. And there's a photograph of him in the book about the ambush, etc. Did he die in so, the ambush at Kilmichael? No, he didn't. Right. No. Okay. He had to leave Cork um, because of the price that the 
black and tan put on his head. Oh my God. Did he tell you stories of his times during the Troubles oh, and the, yes, the War yes, of Independence? Yeah, handwritten, yeah, handwritten account of everything he did in the Troubles. Yeah. He went on the run ultimately for a period of time. Yes. Until a yes. ceasefire, I'd imagine. Yes. Yeah. He was on the run several times. Um, story of him hiding in barns that, you know, sympathises in West Cork around Amamway. That is incredible. Um, Isn't that would incredible? hide him. And one day he missed being um, killed by a bayonet by about four inches when they were searching a barn where he was hiding in the hay. Isn't that amazing? The stuff we see in Hollywood movies in real life. I know. What, <laughs> what did he make of Tom Barry? What was his relationship with the great Tom Barry? Well, he was um, Tom Barry's right-hand man um, because he was such a crack shot, which is probably not politically correct these days. Why not? I mean, and, we are talking of times you know, of war. Exactly. And he led an awful lot of the um, ambushes in and around West Cork um, and worked very closely on the planning for Kilmichael. Oh, I'd be darned. And, and a lot of success they had in guerrilla war tactics back then. They and, did. And your grandfather amongst they them. Did. What did you say his name was? His name was Patrick O'Donovan. And did Patrick O'Donovan go on to live a long life? He died when he was 79. Wow, isn't that amazing? And he was crippled with arthritis, um, but was a byproduct, if you like, yeah. of hiding out in bogs and damp hay and various other things. That, that so, makes yeah. total sense to us listening as to why he would be suffering like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah. have you any paperwork left from him, like letters or diaries or things yeah. like that? Aren't yeah, you so yeah, lucky? Yeah. Aren't you so yeah, lucky? Yeah. That's an yeah, amazing story. Yeah. A very understated man. He never, you know, boasted or bragged or anything about what he'd done. Very few people would have known the extent of his activities. I wonder what he would make um, of Ireland in 2022, Mary. Uh, <laughs> that's another story, well, isn't it? He, <laughs> yes. I think he'd be rather surprised that his granddaughter was now um, desperate for the help. Of okay. the good people of Cork. Well, thank you for so. bringing around to that point. Um, thank you for sharing that. That's a fabulous story of our yesteryears and the men and women who got us to where we are, to our independence and what have you. So exactly. you, 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 are, you want to come back to Cork. You, the closest you can get right I'm now. I'm interviewing. It, yeah. yeah what, I'm, when, you mean you're, you're, when you say you're interviewing, what does that mean? I'm interviewing for senior jobs with, um, one is with a, an actual home Cork company, mm-hmm. and the other one is with one of the US multinationals. Okay, so you're, um, you're interviewing for two different positions, which yeah. you believe you will both be offered. Yes, okay. I will be. Okay. I know I will be. It's going to be a bit awkward then, you know, but... Um, and you I'd at the moment can position. only find... Okay, I'm just trying to walk us through here. You need to find... Yeah. At the moment, you're, the closest accommodation you can get to Cork, correct me if I'm wrong, is Kildare. Is that right? Yes. And I've spent weeks and months trying to find something um, because I wanted to come back because of serious issues in my personal life. I and hear I decided that. to come yeah. home. Yeah, I hear that. And yeah, I, I that. Yeah, yeah, and I felt that I would be both safer yeah. and a lot happier back in Cork. Yeah. And that's why I started looking for jobs. 
I was fortunate that these two came up. Um, both companies have failed to fill these roles because they're quite specialist and senior roles. Um, and that's why I know both companies have had very open and frank conversations with me. Um, interest, very interestingly, the American company is um, absolutely over the moon because not only have they found somebody that fills the bill for the role, they're very insistent that they want somebody based in Cork yeah. because they've just opened their European headquarters here. Yeah. And they, whilst you can work from home, they are very insistent that you have to be based in Cork. Right. Okay. 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 Um, and you feel that you will get that job, but you can't be yeah. open. You can't be open and honest with them to the point of telling them, listen, um, I'm relocating from the UK. I need to get out of the UK for personal reasons that we won't dwell on that, but they are, they are yeah. shocking. Uh, I understand where you're coming from there. Um, but you have issues with regards to trying to find somewhere to live. You, you haven't told them that. Um, well, they know that, but I'm only interviewing at the moment, so they can't do anything at the moment. Um, okay. But as soon as I get offered the job, then um, a relocation package is offered to me. And part of that will be an initial stay in a hotel. Oh, you're so close while we then. Find yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Suitable accommodation yeah, after the hotel. Yeah, I do. I understand. Yeah. No, I just wanted to walk yeah. through it. So what you need yeah. really... No, it's only a short... You know, I I'm not looking for somebody um, to take pity on me for a long period of time. It really is to facilitate me being able, yes, to be back in court, to be safe, but also that, you know, it's only a short distance now between me um, leaving the situation I've got um, and having the job and then being able to springboard into um a normal existence. I again. think it would be wonderful to be able to help you find just somewhere to live and lay your head for what, three or four weeks? Short term yeah. accommodation? Yeah. So it would Short be like term. somebody that might have a, would share or, or rent a room or things like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Somebody yeah. that's got something, you know, um, I don't smoke, don't drink, um, used to have security clearance to do my job. So obviously, uh, rather squeaky clean from that point of view. So, you know, not involved in anything, very quiet. Um, used to being with people and managing people, so very much a people person. Um, so I'm not, you know, somebody that's difficult or awkward to get on with. Yeah, yeah. Now you you need to be out of uh, the accommodation that you're in uh, the weekend, isn't it? Saturday this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, obviously, you know this is being broadcast on air, so somebody might well be able to help or have a room that could rent or give to you, I don't know, for a I period of three so, or four yeah. weeks. But, uh, you know, I, I can't, I don't know you from Adam, so I can't vouch for no. you. Do you understand that? <laughs> you could be up at three in the morning with a bottle of whiskey singing, get out your black and tans for all I know. <laughs> I promise, Neil, I'm not. <laughs> You could be down in the kitchen, you know, frying sausages at four in the morning. Well, the only other thing I can say is that neither of these companies would be interviewing me if um, they weren't extremely I understand. I know. I know. You know? I know. I know. So I know listen, it's, it's not the easiest thing to reach out and look for help, but I'm glad you did because at yeah. some stage in all of our lives, we've all had to do it. God knows I've had to do it. And it's always great when people help. And I would love if somebody well, were able to help you, a granddaughter. My grandmother, my grandmother was from North Cork, um, outside Canturk. And as my grandmother always used to 
faith, there, but for the grace of God, that's, for any of us. That, well, that's true. But to finish my sentence, for the granddaughter of the grandfather who fought alongside Tom Barry in Kilmichael, yeah. we need to intervene if we can and help in a good way. Well, you I know? hope so. And so do I. Yeah. I hope that somebody is listening that would have a room that could take Mary in for three or four weeks. And if there was a few Bob changing hands, that'd be all right too, wouldn't it? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see if there's anybody listening who would like to help or be in a position to help you for the next three or four weeks. You get the job, get yourself sorted, then you're back in your beautiful county of Cork and all will be well. Exactly. Okay. You okay. couldn't I couldn't have put it better myself. Well, thank you for that and <laughs> I will I will stay we will be back to you if we have an update and you must stay in touch with us in the coming weeks to let us know how things are going, okay? I will indeed. Okay. Definitely. All right, Mary. Stay listening. Thank Hang you, in Neil. there. Let's see what happens. And thank you to anybody in Cork who can help me. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Anybody Bye. in a position to help, please do get in touch. 86 106 It would be a wonderful thing to achieve. It certainly would because she's a lovely, lovely woman, Mary, and it would be great to be able to sort her out for the next three or four weeks. She sounds like a very genuine woman and is coming back to Cork for all the right reasons. Text 86 if you think you might have a room or might be able to help her out on Lee's side until she gets the job and then she'll be off and running. For all of the business as well, text 0868104106. Somebody questioning and curious as to why when I was giving out the royal family's worth, it was mentioned in dollars and not sterling. Basically, because I got the research from Forbes and they gave everything in dollars. So forgive me for that. But um, I mean, does it make much of a difference when you're talking about millions or the family estate being worth billions, whether it's euro dollars or sterling. Uh, meanwhile, of course, uh, people are trying to cobble together a few bob themselves to see if they can sort out their energy costs across the winter. Uh, and a couple of points on some stuff that I was mentioning earlier this morning. Uh, the Tornister was interviewed on national radio this morning and I thought it was quite lame, I have to say. Uh, Kieran also heard, he said, I heard the interview as well that with regards to the Tornister. In terms of the energy crisis, he made the point that the UK cap would come at a cost of higher taxes as the subvention would have to be repaid. Uh, the government has no money. They merely decide how our taxes are distributed. So if we cap energy prices at a cost of $1.8 we the people will have to repay it on the never-never, or there'll be less money for all other services that we want. We already owe $220 billion. Uh, Varadkar, Leo Varadkar, also said... Uh, that the EU approach of taxing the energy companies for the extra profits they are making during the crisis by way of a windfall tax was another option. Uh, He was clear that they are exploring both options. So in fairness to your listeners, please don't be selective in recounting what he said. Sinn Féin want to follow the British model, but won't discuss how we'll repay it. And isn't it ironic that Sinn Féin, who seem desperate to tax the multinationals out of Ireland, don't seem interested in taxing energy companies. So excellent points and well made, Kieran. But if I could just rebut to an extent, it's not good enough now for the likes of Leo Varadkar or Michal Martin or any of them to be exploring options. They need to make a decision and it should have been made by now. I understand what you say, that uh, the money will have to be repaid. I don't believe that it's going to be repaid by the British people in direct taxation. This is a loan that they're going to take out to pay it. It's borrowed money. It will have to be paid subsequently down the road. 
but so does an awful lot of other debt. Now, bear in mind that um, they have made the decision in the UK to freeze uh, energy costs to households and to businesses. But in the case of households, it's two and a half thousand pounds. That's as much as a household will pay this year, the rest of this year. So it'll be all of this winter and next winter as well. So two calendar years, if you like. But they won't even pay two and a half thousand sterling. They will also get a rebate of 400 off their bill. So the most that they will pay is 2,100. Um, and I know that it's a huge amount of money. It's as much as they uh, spent on the furlough and business supports in the UK during COVID. But doesn't it show how much seriously they take it and the welfare of British citizens? Um, and that's next to 400 to each house over the next two years. 400 this year, another 400 uh, next year. Apparently, it's the biggest financial support since World War Two. And here we are listening to Leah Varadkar exploring options. I mean, we're way beyond that. A decision should have been made way before now. And it's not very well to be saying that they instead are looking at um, a windfall tax on the extra profits that are being made by energy companies at the moment. But you know what they will do with that. They will squander that. And you won't. A windfall tax won't benefit you in your bill when it comes to the amount that you'll have to pay for heating, for gas or for home heating oil this winter time. So that they're the points I'm making. I understand what you're saying, but that's the way I interpret it as sitting on their hands. Gillian says the price freeze sounds good in theory, but I've been listening to British media and watching their news about the fact that a lot of people aren't necessarily praising this freeze. They feel it's just kicking the can down the road that for once the cap is lifted, they'll end up paying an awful lot more uh, to make up for the cap. So in the long run, uh, will the freeze actually help them if you only end up paying for it next year when things could even be worse, says Gillian. Of course, the real elephant in the room here is what are we going to do about the war in Ukraine and Putin? Because whatever we seem to be doing doesn't seem to be hurting. And the only people that seem to be getting hurt is the rest of Europe um, and other parts of the world. Uh, and is anybody talking about trying to resolve it or trying to get heads on, down at a table discussing it and trying to thrash it out. It doesn't seem so to me. Anyway, text 0868 Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show On the death of the British Queen All tricolours in the Hall Bowler Naval Blazer are flying at half-mast today Why did an Irish dignitary die? Uh, I'm all for a book of condolences Queen Elizabeth did visit our shores And her visit to Cork was uplifting and positive This is about building and maintaining good relationships with the UK Enough bigotry and bitterness. Please stop it. In reference to the national flag, it's also at half-mast in Collins Barracks. Uh, way back in the day, known, of course, as Victoria Barracks, another queen. Uh, she's one of the most famous people in the world. That's all. Simple as that. De Valera went to Germany to pay respects to Hitler's death and phoned the German ambassador 75 years ago to say he wished Hitler had won the war, despite the fact that Germany had planned to invade and install martial law in Ireland. Uh, this, of course, incensed Britain and America. When you know that, then it makes sense that a large portion of Irish would be completely against this monarchy. 
I imagine people have switched off TV and radio or are looking at no newspaper out of disgust at any coverage at all. But when you know the history of the relationships between the two countries, then the negative reaction to the coverage is understood and acceptable. All right, you cover a lot of ground there, actually. I mean, halfway through the text, I think you kind of flip sides, but thank you for it nonetheless. The Queen, or maybe it's the way I interpreted it. The Queen, like all of us, is a human being and her death should be respected. May she rest in peace, says Mark in lovely Balafihan. It is a disgrace, nothing short, that our national flag is at half-mast for the British Queen, the Irish still with an inferiority complex. Which is it? Well, maybe they're two different texts. Um, I agree, and I think John O'Donovan is right with the points he's making. There should be no book of condolence for a foreign monarch, and no way any Irish flag should be at half-mast. After all the suffering the Brits put the Irish through, and no, it's not in the past. It never will be. They still occupy part of our country. There are a lot of West Brits in this divided country who will sign a book of condolence for the old enemy. I find that unreal. No one should say the Queen. She was Queen of a foreign country. Ashar, uh, I won't say that. Ooh, hey. Uh, could you stop giving it such airtime? Up the, up the Republic 32. Um, I'm always surprised by the carry-on in this country when any royal member visits here and all the pomp that follows them. History never dies and it still divides our country. They function the same as we do, yet they're treated as immortals. Ten days of mourning is well over the top, says Anthony. They are a superpower and we are minnows. I'm absolutely fuming. We, the Irish, built the UK in the 50s, 60s and 70s. We were treated like dogs after doing the work that the Englishmen turned their noses up at. Uh, Get all those clowns off the air supporting the monarchy. We are second-class citizens for decades, nicknamed Paddies and terrified to be there every time there was an attack or a bombing. We were vilified and tormented. And believe me when I tell you, that's a few of many texts this morning. On a much lighter note, though, following my conversation this morning with Rob Heffernan regarding the secret sound that's wrecking everybody's head, it's worth north of four and a half grand. He gave out a hint this morning saying, people need to think outside of the box. Now, outside, is that outdoors or is outside a box? I think my pal George has nailed it. He texted me this morning and he said, the secret sound must be an automatic gear stick being put into gear outside the gear box. Now, I think that is a fantastic guess. Um, we'll find out if it's ever won, if that's what it actually is. All right. An automatic gear stick being put into gear outside the gear box. If it, were, if it was that, it would be a right rattly automatic gearbox, though. But you never know. Um, on the point of people, we were saying this morning, um, is it uh, a golf ball being puttered into a golf hole? We on this program thought we were guessing that for the first time. Apparently not. Somebody texts and says, I guessed that. And so did 430 other people. So. So it ain't that. But another few of your guesses, and you can have your own guess on Monday morning when they play the secret sound. Is it bowling where you knock down the pins? Is it an automatic gear stick being put into gear? Is it the closing of a drawer full of cutlery? Is it a golf ball going into the hole? Um, is it the sound of an espresso cart? Oh, apparently that's been more. <laughs> You're wasting your time on guessing anything to do with coffee at this stage. Is it the lottery ball rolling down the chute? Yeah, it absolutely sounds like it. But I would firmly believe 
that that's been guessed many times already. Okay, um, I'm not taking guesses on the secret sound, incidentally. That's parked until Monday morning's breakfast show. Uh, but maybe that hint will help. I mean, thank you very much for nothing, Rob Heffernan, legging it out of here at a speed of lightning. Back to Lily, okay? Lily's got her debs tonight. Lily, good morning. Hi, how are you? Never mind about it being a first world problem. You have nothing to be ashamed of. It was a shocking <laughs> thing that happened to your girl. What? You were trying to get home and Ryanair messed you around for your debs tonight. Go on. Yeah, so basically I'm in college at the moment. I just started in college in London at the moment. Right. And I was flying back because I have my debs tonight. So I was flying back last night. Uh, well, or so I thought. And I had my flight at Five past seven was the original scheduled time, and I got in at four just to like arrange, get through sunset and stuff. Yeah. So got in at four just to kind of. We're, we're mad for giving ourselves loads of time and then spending oh, two and a half hours yeah, hanging around duty free. <laughs> absolutely, I just I just went and got food to be honest. Yeah, so, I know. I know. <laughs> and then I got in, and once I got through security, it said that it was delayed by about half an hour, and I was like, okay, that's fine because that same thing happened to me and my mom the week previous. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. And then I was kind of sitting there for a while, and it kind of kept delaying, like it delayed by an hour, and like half an hour bits and bobs, and then we boarded. But then they left us out in the rain for like a few minutes, like 15 minutes, and then disembarked us. And we're like, oh, there's a problem with this flight. So there's an operational difficulty or something mm. along the lines of that. And they were like, oh, we're going to have to delay it. So then in between times, we were like, oh, will there be like a meal or a drink voucher? So we went up to someone and like she was like, oh, there's a press up in the departures lounge, but you... Um, have to pay for it yourself and there's no hot food or anything so it's just like basically get a coffee at like 11 o'clock I was like mm. and then the flights kind of kept getting delayed like I was saying quarter past 11 oh, quarter for to a seven, half seven flight now and it's midnight and after it and then, yeah. then you got on board a second time at around 20 to yeah. 1 is it? yeah they tried to well I didn't 20 to I, like, 2 people. yeah this was around yeah, they were saying we would leave at about 20 to 1. So they were kind of trying to board people. And then the guy who had just boarded a load of people got a call and he was like, oh, well, I disembarked them again. <sighs> and then they disembarked them again. Yeah. And then at well, about what was the atmosphere like there. then with people at 2 in the morning? What were, how were they oh, f- God. There were some there were people like I, I think I like to think I'm quite a patient person. I, I am like, but there was many people who were just like a lot of people just needed to get home. And some people were just like drinking just to pass time and yeah. then obviously that will build up anger in yeah, people. I can imagine. Like people were getting a bit agitated and there was a lot of like yeah, danciness and stuff. Then once the flight got cancelled, everyone was kind of lost and then... Okay, so at this stage now it's two in the morning and they finally have cancelled the half seven flight. What happened then? Yeah, the original five past seven yeah, flight was cancelled at two. So in between all the times we were just sitting there kind of doing nothing, waiting around for it to come because we didn't want to leave in case they announced something and we missed it so you didn't want to like go for a coffee in case you missed an announcement yeah, yeah. what did they tell I, people at two in the morning they were just like they basically just said f r nine oh five your flight's cancelled sort of basically just left us and just kind of sort yourself out then we all went to the Ryanair like help desk and then eventually about five ten minutes later he was like look there's a rescue flight, kind of a thing, like an extra flight they're putting on at 25 past three today. <laughs> God, oh boy. 
So <laughs> people had to figure out then like accommodation and stuff for the evening because it's obviously it's two in the morning. Um, but I think they sorted out accommodation eventually from what I'm hearing, like people, like Ryanair sorted it out for the people, but I don't know how long that took. What like did you do then? Did you leg it so somewhere or I, what? No, so I, yeah, so I rang my mum and I was like, look, I don't know what to do. And so I looked up other flights and then I saw the Aer Lingus one and I was like, okay, I'll get on that because it was like morning. So I was like, okay, I'll get on that. And then it ended up booking the afternoon one for me. So I was like, oh my God, no. And then it was just like 10 to 2, I'd be flying and I'd get in at like 3. And I was like, mm. And then, so I went from Stansted to Heathrow at like 4 in the morning. Oh, so I've been kind of chilling for about two hours. <laughs> How did you do that? Was it by train or something? Um, by coach transfer. So like a National Express, like coach brought <sighs> you directly from what, yeah. So it was like an hour and 20 minutes off that. Um, and that was about the most sleep I got. Um, and then I got into the airport and I was kind of looking around and I was like, look, do you have any seats on the earlier flight? I was like, I have a flight, like I have something on I have to get to. And they were like, there's no seats. So I was like, okay. So I went through departures at about 20 past eight. This morning? Yeah. <laughs> so over 12 hours after my original flight was meant to be going and then I went through and I saw the gate was closing for the earlier Cork flight like the 9.20 I think it was so I like ran down to wherever the gate was and I was like look do you have a seat <laughs> like I was like I don't care where it is do you have a seat like, I, like I've already paid for it I can see flight. the plane let me on it oh I was actually like they, they was closing the door and I was like please anything anything and they were like yeah we have one just take the ticket and she was like it's your lucky day I was like okay thank god so I'm home now <laughs> After all that. How much yeah, did that so you had to pay for the Aer Lingus flight? What was that? Four hundred and fifty seven one way. You are joking. Four hundred and fifty seven for a one way yeah. flight for an hour from Heathrow to Cork. From, yeah, pretty much. Oh my god. Will Ryanair pay that they won't give you that money back? No. They'll probably try and like, because my original flight was actually quite cheap because I didn't have any. Like, How much was it? Or anything. I'd say it was probably. Yeah, it was. A, a, I think it was less than 50 euro anyway. Cause that's I all they'll give you back. So that's all they give back, yeah, probably. That's cause You're going to be falling not. asleep at your Debs. Oh, don't worry. I probably won't be annoying <laughs> me. But. <laughs> I have to fly back again on Sunday for If I know Debs, you won't be falling asleep, is what you're saying. Yeah, oh, not yeah. at all. Yeah. Not at all. So you're home, hair and makeup has to be done, dress is ready? Yes, yes hopefully. What school? Uh, Gwail Closter, Closter Cullum. And where's the Debs? It's on in the Silver Springs. All right, so you'll be catching up with old pals then? Yeah, so this is like my kind of last hurrah with them. I know. Because I'm kind of going for like a six week period after this. Like, I've only been over in London for a week. But now I'll be, like, properly going for, like, a six-week kind of time period. And what are, you do, what are you doing in the UK? Why, why London? I'm doing musical theatre over there. So, yeah, doing, like, a degree over there, doing musical theatre. It's, like, singing and dancing. And Good stuff. for you. Wow. Yeah. You're, it sounds to me as if you're following your dream. Yeah, I really am. It was kind of 
all down to my friends and my family kind of just motivated me to do it you're so. dead right because you'd have a yeah. long life you might as well have a happy one doing something that you love do you hear me exactly have so, a great night tonight with all of your pals oh my god 457 notwithstanding all of the waiting around yeah. try and get try and get an try and get an hour's kip this afternoon yeah that's what I'm hoping for anyway have a great night Lily and best of luck with Thanks your career million. all the Thank best you. bye Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. I suppose you do everything, move heaven and earth to get to your Debs or your grads or whatever the case may be. More free food Friday shout-outs. Curtis of Salveson, Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Morning to everybody at Bridgewater Homes in Kerry Pike. Blockwall Developments in Ballinglana. Auto Express. Morning to John and all of the gangs. Smurfit Kappa and Powder, Kappa at Powdered Off Industrial Estate. Love some feeding today. Sean O'Sullivan Recovery. There's 12 lads working hard to keep the roads clear listening this morning. They're all listening at Barry Joyce Cole. Morning, Barry. The tip top of Fair Hill. Uh, daily Industrial Supplies in the North Point Business Park. All of the staff have been working hard um, because people are looking for generators. Now, that's a story in itself. Let's get Daily Industrial Supplies on the air to wonder um, why. Has that got to do with energy prices? Generators. Trevor Toolhire listening. Morning, Felix, Adam and the two marks. In for lunch at McCurtain Street working hard. Would love some roosters. Broderick's Chemist in Barrick Street are listening. Uh, everybody at Classic Windows in Calumny. Oliver Hayes Gardening Services in Bandon. Cork Engine Centre in Glanton. Sigma Homes. Glintown Care Centre in Glanmire. Merview Laboratories in Watergrass Hill. Unique Fit Out in Glanmire. Would love feeding. Classic Windows and Ovens. Stripe Tellus in Black Rock. Uh, Ross Oil Company in Fernands. The House of Heron in Kinsale. Boston Scientific. Every Everybody at Audi on the Bandon Road. Area carpets and floors are listing at Watergrass Hill. All about gorgeous in Black Rock. Don't you love the name of that? All about gorgeous. Uh, everybody working uh, at the Imperial Hotel, particularly the maintenance staff. Ugly duckling in beautiful Donnerail. Need to feed the boss in preparation for a hard weekend ahead. And everybody at Keto Products. So I'll do one more blast of Free Food Friday shoutouts in about 15 minutes' time. So this is your last opportunity now to text who you are and where you are to 086 8104 Roosters Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park will feed you. We will deliver it. It'll feed at least 15 of you. And we'll come back to that throughout the course of the morning. I'll clear some more texts as well because they won't hold until Monday uh, with regards to the passing of Queen Elizabeth II of the UK and, of course, um, other dominions around the world. But not here. Not here. So there's a lot of division on that. Meanwhile, on a lighter note, um, do you ever go to a wedding uh, and you you might well be the best man or the father of the bride or whatever the case may be and you have the speeches and some of them can be quite funny and others can be quite sad and others are mortifyingly bad or a lot of the time, if it's the best man... <laughs> It just might be mortifying or cringeworthy or there might well be too many secrets divulged at the top table. Um, There's a guy actually who'll write the speech for you and is doing very well out of it. Thank you very much. But just ahead of that, um, the greatest sketch that I've ever come across with regards to any kind of a speech regarding a wedding had to be the father of the bride speech uh, by Brendan Grace. Now, it's quite lengthy, so I won't have an opportunity to play it all. But here are some of the best bits. I'd like to welcome you all to the wedding reception. Today, I am happy that my daughter is getting married. I remember when she, when she first came to me 
and she said that she wanted to get married. I said, is it someone you know? It, it turned out to be someone we all know. So he came around to my house, you know what I mean? And he said, uh, I'd like to marry your daughter. I said, uh, have you seen her mother? He said, I have, but I'd sooner marry your daughter. Which she did. I'd like to thank everybody today who bought a gift. Everybody except for two. Who didn't bother the rabble? bother to buy anything. Oh. They had the two uh, that got no dinner here today. <laughs> and they weren't on our side of the family either. <laughs> today, I would like to just remind you of the wedding gifts that have been received. There were 25 ironing boards, 17 lampshades, all useless, and uh, an electric toaster that only works, only works in America. And some smarter Alec, some comedian here bought them a pram. A toaster that only works in America. Cormac Lally, can you follow that for a speech at a wedding? Uh, it'd be hard to follow Brendan Grace. Uh, Lord of mercy on him now, man. He was, he was a serious character. How did you get into this? Was it something to do with your baby brother's wedding or something, is it? Yes, my baby brother got married, was getting married in 2012 and um, my middle brother was the best man so uh, I always uh, loved writing and uh, wrote poetry and wrote short stories and performed a lot and uh, so the bro- my middle brother came out to the house and just put a box of my favourite beer and said, listen, I need help and we just sat down and had a few beers and we had a lot of stories got from my baby brother's friends and um after maybe about an hour, I said, Jesus, I mean, there could be a poem in this. Would you do a poem? And he said, look, I'd do anything now at this stage to, uh, to just to have something done. Like, so we didn't tell anyone what we were doing. We got a, a poem together and I coached him then on, on, how, to, on how to deliver it. And um, he got up the day of the brother's wedding. But hold day, on a second. Something that you m- might write after a few beers mightn't be as palatable when you sober up. It was still all right to use, was it? It was at, no, but I tell you, no, we weren't that far gone that we were. Um, okay. We weren't that far gone that we were reading it the next morning, going to Jesus, lads, what do we do? We do oh, that. So, how did but, it go down in front of the first three hundred and fifty? Uh, a standing ovation, uh, absolutely. Place went ballistic, and and uh, my brother said to me, um, "You know the movie, the old oh, brother, where art thou?" When the lads make this, with the, Clooney. Make the song. Yeah, 
and but they've been away. They don't realise that the song has been, you know, gone to number one, <laughs> and they start singing it, and they're the whole place goes mad, and they're looking at each other, going like, "What the hell just happened here?" <laughs> and uh, it's very, very much, very much like that. And a guy came up to me at the at the bar, my, my very first ever uh, client, <laughs> and he said, "Did you honestly write that?" And I, I said, "I did." He said, "Well, my brother's getting married there in two weeks' time. Uh, would you do something like that for me?" And it's just, look, I, I'll give it a go, you know. And uh, and f- from there, it, it just took off. And the rest and, is history. Uh, so how do you how do you do it? How does it work? So I would just sit down with the guys over WhatsApp or Skype, um, and just have a, a really nice conversation with them. I'd have a set of questions there that I'd ask them, and excuse me, I, I'd have a set of questions there that I ask them, and I just kind of get a try to get a feel for them, see what they're like as as people, you know, see if they're writing about their brother or their best friend who's getting married. You know, I, I tell them, you know, tell me everything. It's like the confession box here. You can tell me anything here. It, nothing ever leaves here. And and I feel it's very important to to get as much information about the person you're writing about. So to to kind of to, to draw them, you know, in their in their in their I suppose in their kind of true self, and to try and do them justice. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. about it's not about just like. You know, kicking kicking them to death in front of everyone. But that, but that there there is an element of that, though, isn't it? So, you know, ah, up at the top yeah. table, giving away all the state secrets. Yeah, and uh, look, it it shouldn't be really. You know, there's. I think we live in a kind of a society now where people know the no pun intended, but the ins and the outs of how people get together now. Like, and there's just no kind of room for for the vulgarity of 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 dopey crack you might have done in, in your 20s have you come so, across like cringy speeches or bad speeches that you've heard ah you do and I'm sure everyone has like, but I mean like there's some very famous bad ones um, <laughs> and like the, one, like the one that really launched my business for me you know like I was only starting out um, like I had just done a start your own business course in um, in it, with the lads and Leo in, in, in Banner up in Offaly and friend of mine had made me a website I was just kind of very taken very kind of tentative steps into this but I had a feeling that there was a business behind it the next thing uh, Pippa Middleton married um, uh, this, this chap up in Scotland James Matthews a billionaire like the royal family you know and uh, his best man speech was so bad <laughs> that it actually made like international news well, why was it so bad Cormac uh, he said awful things he said I uh, compared the, I don't know anyone anyone out there who's uh, who ever did a bit of shooting. If they had a dog with a soft mouth, you know, that's what he compared the Duchess to <laughs> a, spr- a Springer Spaniel with a soft mouth. In the sense that and nobody laughed, like they just did not find this guy was, funny. It was brutal. <laughs> it was, it, it it was literally the worst wedding speech you could have done and I'd say and I'd say only for the, the fact that they're famous we know about it but like people have have told me like the Monday after that happened my inbox was full of like, <laughs> people panicking they were, yeah they were panicking they had the horrors yeah and and they were being warned there was brides going listen if you do if you do that to me you won't live to see the end of the world. But like you were so, saying that the fellas' memories are terrible when it comes to anything in the romantic department, whereas the women remember everything, you know? They remember uh, everything. Yeah, and I think the way I heard it described to me one time was that guys, we, we kind of don't, we take emotional memories 
everything is kind of like in boxes in, in our heads, in, in fellas' heads, you know. And unless it's like tied to a kind of major sporting event, <laughs> they'd have real trouble uh, <laughs> trying to pull the pull the memory out, you know. That it's kind As of in, like, where did you meet your soon-to-be wife? Uh, yeah, uh, and, and, uh, and if to tell you, and if to tell you, geez, I'll never forget it. <laughs> It was the night the All Blacks bet Ireland, and, or Ireland bet the All Blacks in, in Soldier Field, or at the Ar- I, I, How could I forget that That's night? Right. But, uh, but on the other hand, then it'd be like, uh, when did you when did you meet your missus? It'd be like, oh, Jesus, now, um, it. Uh, but if you ask that question uh, of the females, you'd know, would you? Oh man, the girls would tell you their hot <laughs> socks were wearing. They would know why they were out. They would know uh, who they were out with. They would tell you that uh, two of the girls had got food poisoning at the restaurant earlier. And had the, to song they were, the song they were and dancing the, to. The song they were singing. Uh, everything. They would know what you were drinking, what your friends were wearing. Do you, you write know? for girls as well? I do. I look for uh, lots of brides. And lots of mothers as well. Um, <laughs> lots of brides. I do stuff for brides and grooms that they do together. Um... And uh, and it's and, and it's great fun, you know. And I I try to give guys options, you know. So like the poem is one route to go down, but I also give guys the option of the traditional speech. So you know, if there some people would just not be comfortable doing a, a poem, but for nine out of ten of the guys that come to me, it's the poem that they want because they're trying to knock as much crack out of the speech as they can. Do you ever try a and, limerick? Well, I wouldn't be able to charge. Uh, as much money for a limerick now. It could be a very <laughs> long limerick, though. Okay, there's there's four lines per verse, there but you could have forty verses. Yeah, <laughs> you could have forty verses of it, and, uh, but uh, it's not my. Now, I've I've heard fellas who've done uh, speeches out of limericks before, and they've been uh, and they've been class. You know, uh, but but it'd be like that. You know, you might have about ten or twelve limericks in it to to do it. You know, and but like. And whatever way you want to, to go about it, you need to prepare. You know that's the if you if you if you have it done in plenty of time, you know the I tell fellas look, we train hard and we fight easy. <laughs> so if you come to me with plenty of time and are willing to put the work in, you know no matter how afraid you are of the actual speech itself. Uh, the training will the kick in That's it. and as, as soon as you stand up you know yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, fail and, to prepare and very, prepare to fail kind of thing yeah 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 and like there would be and it's not just the speech element that I would go through them I would go through kind of etiquette and things that are expected of them which a lot of fellas have no idea of do you know who you needs know, an awful lot of help would be the father of the bride wouldn't it be true because uh, I mean it's a happy day for them but very sad as well no disrespect to the, the, the mother of the bride but as a father myself I've, I've been to one or two I was at a, a, a wedding once where the dad stood up to say a few words and he was just so emotional he broke down crying and just sat down never got to do uh, the speech at all yeah and uh, and um, and it's the dads who have the tendency to kind of dig themselves into a hole if they get going. <laughs> you know, they'll start off, like, and they'll start off in the 70s. When I'll never forget when I met my lovely wife here, and and it was actually at a dance in such and such a place, and you know, that place is actually closed now, and there's another place I have it. Oh and, I think, and then half an hour later, you know, people are just, you'll just see them like Wilson, they're just, the will to, the, you know, the, they're saying, the, is it the, any wonder why I hate weddings? <laughs> yeah, and like, and, and like, there's no need for it. You know, there's no need for it. There's 
plenty of help out there. There's like I'm oh. just one guy who does this. There's a couple of other very good guys in Ireland who does it. Never mind but, about them. You're the main man down in Skibbereen. You've done speeches that were translated into Moroccan, Spanish, and French. Is that right? Yes. Indeed, for yes. Moroccan, Spanish, and French weddings. Yes, for uh, an Irish guy marrying a Moroccan girl, and the wedding was in Morocco, and for <laughs> a couple of other weddings that were in Paris and one in Barcelona. So, so would you be working on a lot at the same time? I would be working on a lot at the same time. And uh, <laughs> like, uh, ever since the, I had a, there was a lovely thing published about me in the Irish Independent where I didn't realise it was, I thought I was going to get like a, a couple of inches of, of college space. <laughs> and the phone hasn't stopped uh, hopping. I got a full um, spread in the middle of the paper. And I was very grateful to Katie uh, Byrne for doing it. How Thanks many have you got on the books at the moment now? Um, 24 now since yesterday. <laughs> On the go. I mean, yeah, and I had maybe about six or seven to go before that. So I kind of average around seven or eight uh, per month. How do you keep you know? the quality up, though? Surely be to God you run out of angles, no? No. Like, <laughs> each, each person's story, right, the, the nuts and bolts of it are going to be the same. But the, uh, every person is different. And every person is coming from... You know, from different backgrounds. You're, you know, born in the town, or you're born in the country, or you're, you know, the path that you take on life. Uh, you know, not everybody, you know, grew up with two parents. You know, some people, you know, their maybe their father died when they were young, or there were whatever it was. You know? Yeah, there's a story in everybody, but the story you don't want is from the best man recalling all of the ex-girlfriends and the exploits exploits no, down through the years, because no, that goes down no. like a lead balloon, right? No, and so should he at the end of it. <laughs> and how uh, long would this? Be, how long do they run? Do you time them? So. <laughs> I keep I keep I keep all of my guys under ten minutes. Good man. So so no matter what, what way you're doing, the fellas, a lot of guys jump at the poem because it's kind of five to seven minutes. But ten minutes is if you have good quality, uh, if you have good quality content, you know, ten minutes will only seem like two minutes. You know, it'd be if when people are laughing and enjoying themselves and heckling and sneering and and you know and are and are into it and are enjoying it, you know, the time goes quickly. But if you have Ten minutes of of rubbish. It, it it'll feel like an hour. So to avoid the rubbish, then spend three hundred euro. Is that the cost? So yeah. So the kind of very basic packages start there. And for fellows who need a little bit more help or want to do something a little different, it, it goes up after that. But around three fifty four hundred gets most fellows out for um, <laughs> for it. You know, and it's. And they and uh, fellas have have no problem forking it over because one fella told me and I never forget it. He goes, "Comment, this is the only thing in this wedding that I'm spending money on. That's for me. <laughs> I've had I've just had to fork out cash, checks, <laughs> things for doilies. I didn't even get to pick my own suit. Yeah, nor the you food know? on the table. <laughs> The food on the table, and he's not able to eat it with the nerves, you know. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, and it's, uh, for a lot of guys, they go, yeah, well, you know what, hopefully I'll never, ever have to do this again. So <laughs> I'd rather go out in a, you know, pull, pull all the pins on the grenade and take everyone with me in, 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 one, in one good, you know, in one cracker of a speech. And, you know, I, and that'll be me. And, like, and for most fellas, it's the only thing they're worried about, you know, because the, the women are usually running... You know, the show. there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of moving parts, and they're kind of you know bystanders looking on, and and 
they're just basically just told, like, listen, don't come back with any face tattoos on the stag. Uh, come back with both your eyebrows. Turn up here and smile for the photograph. Say I do. And, you know, don't make a, 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 a pig's ear out of That's the, it, yeah. You're, pig, just, you know? you're just a prop. Always remember that. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, and and a lot of guys are like, well, you know what? If, um, you know, I didn't really want to do a speech, but, you know, she kind of wanted to keep it that way. So... Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, fellas are happy for it, and the guys who are very nervous have. Uh, there isn't, there is some help out there, but for, like my process. So I've had fellas who join uh, Toastmasters and things like that, and they're like, oh, it was going to be like six, seven months of going to meetings and everything, <laughs> and, and the speech. You've, you, you know, and you've done like in in two, three hours with me. What <laughs> was going to take six months? With, 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 uh, I, I, that's, I know shade on Toastmasters. They, they're a fantastic. I understand that, yeah, but I think our conversation this morning will come as a great relief to many people of all sexes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and, and I hope so. Like, and uh, and that you know that. Uh, it, it is a job that has made me uh, very, very happy. Uh, very, very happy over the years. And that, that I was able to do something that I really loved and to help people in the process. Okay, well, let me, pass, let me pass on your details so you can help more people listening this, listening this morning who are probably very relieved that a speechwriter who writes all of these wedding speeches is actually available or exists on the planet. Is that bespokeweddingspeeches.com? <laughs> That's the one, Neil. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Cormac. Fair play to you for taking the guys. call. You too. Take care. That's Cormac Lally. Bespokeweddingspeeches.com I'd say I have saved a lot of nightmare nights for a lot of people listening with the basis on the basis of my conversation with Cormac Lally. Could be, could be the best money you'd ever spend on your wedding. BespokeWeddingSpeeches.com Back after the break. Hi Garth. Hey Neil. How you doing? Are you well? How are you? Well I've been I'm doing good man. How about you and your family? Very good. I've been anticipating this conversation all weekend and therefore I've been singing Garth Brooks songs. So much so that I've convinced myself that I'm as good as you. How weird is that? <laughs> I like it. Everything going well? Good. I mean you're the one with the hundred and fifty seven million albums. All I've got is a photo album, so congratulations on that. <laughs> And 25 number Thank one you, singles. Fun. Uh, the, we feel very lucky. Uh, stadium Tour is, is uh, running at full speed now that the pandemic is officially an endemic for us. So we're actually out there and the rhythm of staying out there is starting to happen. So this thing will be running on all cylinders by the time we get tired. It's going to be incredible that you've chosen Ireland to wrap up the big stadium tours. What's the deal with your relationship with the Irish? It's phenomenal, isn't it? I don't know, and you talked about it. we chose to we chose Ireland to wrap it up. I think fate kind of chose it because you know we tried to start the comeback tour there, yeah. and now with all the with all the bad stuff, and you're like, man, that that's too bad that that happened. Then all of a sudden you realize, well, there's your plan, and then there's God's plan. <laughs> Maybe we were supposed to end it over here. So yeah. we're really really excited. Looking back on the memory of. Dance we shared beneath the stars above. Were you heartbroken over the cancellation of those gigs, or is that water under the bridge now? No, I mean I, I don't think a heartbreak that that big is ever water under the bridge. And but the crazy thing is, is that a big contributor to why this one is so important to me now? I it, it's kind of weird because when something you love goes away, yeah. 
you get a chance to hold it again. It's almost like you love it a thousand times more, and hopefully you were never not grateful, but just the chance to get to play Ireland again is even more important now than ever. Standing outside the bar Standing outside the bar Life is not tried, it is merely survived If you're standing outside the bar this is going to be a party, Neil. I can't thank you enough for everything. You're so great. You're so great. Garth, thanks for taking the call. I know it's a busy day for you. Safe travels to uh, Ireland, and we'll see you in September, my man. All right. I love you, pal. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks. Okay, we've been talking about kings and queens this morning. Certainly queens. He's the king of country, and he's in Dublin and ready to rock. Five gigs. Ken Sweeney is the showbiz editor at the Irish Sun. Ken, good morning. Jesus, your researchers and your bookers are pretty good on that show. They can get their hands on Gareth. <laughs> Not a bother. I've got everybody's number on speed dial, pal. Didn't you know that? Very impressive. Very <laughs> uh, come here. The buzz is on. I've never seen so many column inches in the tabloids all week long drilling yeah. into this guy. And I was blown away this morning. He's lost 50 pounds in weight to be fit he for has, the gigs. Yeah, he must look... He fant- you were at the press conference. How did it go? I was in the front row and he at one stage he rattled my, my notebook just because he wanted to add to something he was saying about the, the great calamity in 2014 when he had to pull off his gigs. Listen, the guy's a winner. He, you know, his, his, his sidekick arrives in and announces before, you know, before Garth arrives that everyone's going to get a free T-shirt. Round of applause. Garth is on a winner. He hasn't even set foot in the place. <laughs> then he comes in. Anyone else would have flunkies, PRs. You know, Neil, what it's like. Yeah. Not Garth. Garth just takes to the stage. He, he gave some mini one-man show. It was fantastic. He, he, he was walking from side to side answering any questions he wanted. Highly emotional and kind of wonderful as well. There was one reporter, she, you know, she was down from the north. Her parents had met at a 1997 concert. She was born the following March. Do your own deductions. And she was thanking Garth for her very existence. I mean, that doesn't happen too often, you know. But just the charmer, the X Factor, Neil, the guy just has it, you know. Yeah, I mean, some of the stories during the week we're talking about, of course, you know, he's got the weight down, he's not, he's off yeah. the booze, he's uh, COVID, he's in a COVID bubble, he's, you know, they're trying to invite him down to Kerry, we don't know where, do you know where he's staying, incidentally, no? No, and I know, I mean, I'm, I'm at this too long, far too long, 25 years, and anytime some celebrity's coming to Ireland, all these hotels mysteriously announce that he's staying there and they get a lot of publicity. Garrett told us at the press conference, doesn't know where he's going to stay, could be going all around the place, he's going to make it a second honeymoon with, with his wife, Tricia, and they, they haven't got any kind of fixed plans. He was asked about Killarney, but he'd probably be travelling around. He said he enjoys meeting people and he enjoys hearing stories and he's certainly hearing loads of them when he's in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. I hear tell you've got your Stetson on. <laughs> Is that right? I saw a photograph of you in a Stetson. <laughs> I've got my, I, I, you know, I put up a picture. I think that, that, that happened. Some guy arrived in with us. Um, uh, some of us were, were sent over to Nashville. I wasn't, but some, some, some reporters were over in Nashville doing research on this. And, uh, you know, they, they managed to pick up some cowboy hats. They came in useful yesterday. But, you know, just a tremendous vibe. He's a great operator. He has a connection to the Irish people. There is this great backstory. I mean, you know, remember years ago, there was a riot from Bob Dylan played Slane. And Bob Dylan actually kind of did well out of it because people thought, God, Bob Dylan's fans are rioting. That makes him kind of, that makes him kind of hip and happening. Garrett's got this amazing backstory in 2014 where his, can- his concerts were cancelled. And, it, you know, it almost became a story in itself. Yeah. He's here to banish yeah. that and reconnect yeah. to the Irish but 
there you were yesterday again asking him all about that over. He must be fed up to his back teeth of those questions. Well, I think it, the story did take. I mean, my job is always, I mean, I'd, I'd be much happier listening to a Mike or Disney record than I would a Garth Brooks record. But I don't get paid to write about Mike or Disney. I get paid to write about Garth Brooks. So what did I see in the papers this morning? Day. People who love Garth Brooks are the kind of people who eat apple tarts. <laughs> Well, people who like Garth Brooks, there's lots of them, and, and thank God, because they, they pay for my kids' school books, you know, those sort of things. Listen, the 2014 thing is a massive story. Listen, even the Mexican ambassador got involved at one stage. I mean, like, like every good Western, the Mexicans turned up, the Mexican ambassador got involved. It was front page news, you know, it was everywhere. So you have to ask him about that and how he feels. Yeah, he's coming yeah, back, yeah, he's yeah. playing these dates. And, and he locked not, in the concert prices, in fairness to me. He stuck to the 80 yeah. euro. He could have done I twice that. Sure. You know, remember, Garth Garth Brooks plays massive stadiums all over America. He probably play like in somewhere like Dallas. He probably play seven Grove Parks in Cantonala. But yet, you know, he has this early thing. In touch of the David Gray, David Gray didn't mean anything in England, but he came over to Ireland. Yeah, you know, yeah. And no Disco, another great TV show from Cork. They, they, no Disco in Cork, Archie Cork. They launched David Gray in Ireland, and Garth, of course, was launched in Ireland. The, the record company, you know, Ian Dempsey famously gave away a cow and his, his two That's right. Show. That's some you know, time pop, pop radio didn't play country you, you guys probably did but so he you know he, he got in with the GAA and of course he was selling a lot of cassettes known as the Tractor Factor Garth Brooks fans were tractor owners yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. homely about him and he connected up to the Irish public and it's like what Billy Connolly said years ago he found his fans and the fans found Billy Connolly and they've been together ever since and it's like that with Garth and I you'll be there undoubtedly will you for at I least one of them I am going to be there tonight and what was wonderful was Garth was saying at the press conference yesterday that the first gig might be a bit ropey <laughs> that he'd be nervous and he'd be better be better at the second one so but I think it will be a moment and I think you know he's he's going to throw the kitchen sink at it he is. he is. I mean, listen, they, they, they brought in a special stage. Three. I was told by the agents that three different production companies made the stage. They flew it in via Shannon and it came up and, uh, you know, it came up and they were putting it together. And, you know, he's talking about how amazing it is. And he's playing to the whole stadium. He's gone to extraordinary lengths to make sure it's a great show. And what about, listen, you know, Journey have that song, The Midnight Train. Aaron Ron Aaron have got trains going at 20 to 1 from Houston Station going to Cork. I know listen, people that will be on board that train. They have their tickets booked. Isn't that incredible? And listen, I live in Scaries outside Dublin. The extra trains going to Dundalk. Uh, that's happening all five of the Garth nights. And I'm, I'm wondering, wouldn't it be great if Garth played every weekend? We all had extra trains. <laughs> Go on. I mean, what would it take to make Aaron Rodier and get their act together? Oh, Garth no. Evans Brooks. Isn't that amazing? I know. It solves our transport problem. Enjoy the weekend, my friend. I and thanks for stopping it. by, Ken. Cheers. Take care. Ken Sweeney, showbiz editor at the Irish Sun himself and his Stetson. Time to love you and leave you. We have two Two tickets to see Garth Brooks this Sunday, September 11th, plus a two-night stay at the four-star luxury Castlenock Hotel. You'll stay in the hotel, go to the gig and back again. Meanwhile, added into the pile, just to kick you off for your weekend, I also have two pitch-side tickets for Saturday's gig to give away. Two pairs of them, so that's two by two, if you know what I'm saying. So three different prizes here. No accommodation, you need to get yourself up there, just the pitch-side tickets. So we've got two sets of those, plus the big prize, two tickets for this, the gig given to me by the Jimmy Horgan Memorial Golf Classic. So, I need the lads to jump in on this. Can you hear me now? Are you on mics there and get yourself together? Because this is all to do with a random selection with regards to those of you that donated to I Donate. So the guys are ready to rock and if I can find the random selection clock here, 
uh, to roll for you. God, wouldn't you know it? Running out of time and I can't find the clock. Anyway, I can't find it for now. So just go for it there. Random selection. How does this work? Oh, here it is. Is this some sort of uh, an automated system that you use? Yeah, so we took all the entrants. We took all the numbers, all the names, put them, uh, assigned them all to a number from one to however many people entered. And uh, we just click a button. So if you donated to the Ernest, uh, the Ernest Horgan fundraiser on behalf of his son, Jimmy Horgan, who passed away tragically, this is uh, a random selection of ticket numbers for those who donated. Here we go. How do you want to play this out? Do you want me to tell you the first number? Yeah. First number is entrant number five. Do you have a name for that? Donna McCauley from Ballymacoda. Okay. So, so congratulations, she, she Donna. She gets the two tickets for Garth Brooks this Sunday and the Castle Knock Hotel. And so enjoy it, Donna. Okay, second random selection. I feel like a lotto call-out person. <laughs> Number 24. Who is that? Who is Mandy Doyle in Cove. Mandy so well Doyle, two pitch-side tickets for the Saturday night gig. And finally, the last two tickets for the same gig Saturday night. Where we go? And that is number 31. Get up and run. 31. <laughs> Jenny Creedon from Church Road in Black Rock. Well you got yourself done, Jenny. Two tickets for the gig on Saturday. Well done. Fair play to all concerned. Thanks to everybody for donating to idonate.ie forward slash event forward slash the Jimmy Horgan Memorial Golf Classic. It's still not too late to donate and all of the proceeds go to the Mercy Hospital. I'm out of time, guys. Have a great weekend. If you're traveling, be safe. Enjoy. I'll see you Monday. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.